Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Today's episode of the MMA Hour is dedicated to the victims of Friday's horrific tragedy in Newtown, Connecticut. Our hearts, our thoughts, and our prayers go out to all those affected. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... The Mixed Martial Arts Hour back in your life on this Monday, December 17th, 2012, our final show of 2012, and we've got a great one for you, my friends. So great to be back here in our New York City studios once again for one final time with Isaac, Buzzkill Brendan, and New York Rick. You will hear from New York Rick, and maybe Buzzkill will make a unannounced appearance in the third hour as we do our Rick's picks for UFC 155. UFC 155 is in two weeks, but since we won't have a show next week and the following week, we'll do our Rick's picks for UFC 155 this week. We'll also look back at UFC on FX6. We'll also look back at the Ultimate Fighter 16 finale. Both of of those shows uh, went down this weekend. One in Gold Coast, Australia. The other in Las Vegas. And two very good UFC events. Uh, Very strong shows. Saturday night's card, as we discussed many times on last week's show, very, very good. Uh, The main card was great. The only black eye, of course, was Melvin Gillard and Jamie Varner. Their fight getting scrapped due to Jamie Varner uh, getting ill. He had the flu, uh, uh, apparently, on Saturday, and uh, the Athletic Commission in Nevada would not let him fight. I actually spoke to Jamie Varner Last night, tried to get him on the show, said he still wasn't feeling well and unfortunately would not be able to uh, make it on the show. But we will be seeing them in two weeks as that fight has now been rebooked to UFC 155. Uh, Ross Pearson picking up a big win. George Sideropoulos losing to Pearson. Uh, Hector Lombard picking up a big win. Pat Barry also picking up a big win. And Roy Nelson. We will hear from Pat Barry and Roy Nelson on this very show. Uh, Pat Barry coming on at around 2.20. Roy Nelson coming on at around 1.20. Also on today's show, we will be talking to Daniel Cormier. He makes his return to action in his final Strike Force fight, the final Strike Force event, January 12th, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Uh, he faces Dion Starring. You heard Dion on this show a couple of weeks ago. Well, now you hear from Daniel Cormier. Also on the show, we will hear from Dwayne Ludwig. He is the, uh, the, the new head coach over at Team Alpha Male. Uh, we'll talk to him about that. Interesting scenario that came about with Master Thong, who was kind of the head coach, disappearing, Uriah Faber telling me, for six weeks he's back. But still, Dwayne Ludwig moving soon to Sacramento, and he will now be the head coach there. I think that's a great move. We'll talk to him about that and how this affects his MMA career. Also, our last guest of the day will be at around 2.40, our good friend, Prebeck, Puya Rebeck will be in studio. You remember him from the summer. He did his uh, fighter impersonations. They were hilarious. Well, he's here to do an in-studio set for us. Good way to end the show. One of our most popular guests of the year. Uh, he will be stopping by at around 2.40. We've got two great prizes to give out 
as well today. It is the holiday season, and we have uh, we've saved some really awesome ones for the last show. First, these tops bloodline cards. Uh, we gave one out last week, one out this week. To the best question of the day, hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag #TheMMAHour. Also, you can leave us a question on the MMAFighting.com page. The the the, the MMA Hour post. If you're watching this live, leave us a question there now. We will get to it. A lot of activity there. We appreciate it very much. And then we've got this round five toy of Alistair Overeem Pride Edition, which is just fantastic. As you notice, a little skinnier, a little younger. It might be the greatest round five toy ever created, Alistair Overeem Pride Edition. That is going to a lucky question asker or comment lever of the day. So a lot to get to on this final episode of 2012. And... Oh. Our first guest of the day is Mike Pyle, and he is... What is he, MIA? New York Rick? He's on the phone. Oh, is Mike? Is Mike's not there? <laughs> okay, I think we got him. I'm a little sick today, uh, as you can tell or hear or feel. Um, just you know your typical winter cold. So please bear with me uh, as I fight through this and sound very nasal on today's episode of the MMA Hour. So Mike Pyle joining us in a matter of moments. He picked up a big win on the undercard of uh, the Tough 16 finale on Saturday night, uh, defeating James Head, Mike Pyle and his haircut, on a roll as of late, looking very good. Uh, he's won his last three in a row, defeated Ricardo Funch at UFC 142, then Josh Neer at FX3 in June, and then James Head over the weekend. And most impressive, all of them finishes all of them in the first round. TKOs, KOs galore. Um, his last loss was at UFC 133 back in Philadelphia, um, August of 2011. Well, he is on a roll as of late, and he joins us right now, right here on the MMA Hour. Mike, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for joining us. Congratulations on the big win on Saturday night. Uh, I mean, what more can you say about this recent streak that you're on? Like I just said, three in a row three finishes. What do you credit this, uh, this amazing streak to? Man, absolute pure luck. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, hard work and, and just really paying attention to uh, my, uh, you know, personal, personal training and just surrounding people around me that, that, um, are really dedicated to my career as well. Um, you know, bringing in uh, Mitch Coates from Boise, Idaho, he, he sacrifices a lot. I'll have him in a week on, a week off, week on, week off throughout the camp. And uh, Nate Pettit, who helps me with my striking, and Jimmy Gifford, who helps me with my with my boxing. Um, those guys have really, you know, put a lot of time in with me and, and you know, and help fine-tune an, an old, well-oiled machine. We will get to the training in a second, but first, I got the impression, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you were a little ticked off after two great performances that you were fighting on the undercard of the tough finale. Is that accurate? That is accurate. Why do you think you were on the undercard? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I had a a super sweet knockout on Josh Neer. Um, nobody's put him face down before in UFC. 
and he's fought a lot of good guys. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe my personality sucks or something. Maybe I don't know. You I mean, who knows, man? Do you take it personally? Not really. Just it's just kind of like, why? You know, like why? And the near fight but, was on know, the main I can't card. Dwell on it. Near near fight was on I know, the main man. card, right? I know. Yeah. I don't know. You know, I I, I just don't know. Mm. I can't focus on that. What I can focus on is getting back in the gym and and continuing what I'm doing because obviously it's working. Um, I can't let I can't let uh, I can't let that bother me. You know, but of course that's in you know in in my mind. You know, I get you know I get two nice knockouts in a row. You know, especially you know a good highlight real knockout over Josh Near, putting the face down, and then I'm under on an undercard. Kind of a slap in the face, but what are you going to do about it? You know, and it's and it wasn't even a pay-per-view card either. You know what I mean? It wasn't like it was just this huge stat card with you know, like, you know maybe I maybe I could understand like okay, you know, there's every legend in the sports on there, and you know what I mean, like or, or whatever. I, I get it. Now you got to earn your spot, but come on, I think I earned that. You know, to at least have a, a you know a. Uh, better spot but whatever I, I did i did my job i did what i needed to do and um i can't dwell on on those kind of things did you speak to anyone at the ufc and just to for your own information hey why am i on the undercard maybe there was a reason for it that maybe it was scheduling maybe the other fights were booked i mean did you at least go out of your way to try to get that answer i mean it's already it's it's already done you know who who would i ask and and I don't know, man. Um, no, I didn't. Um, that thought was there, but I uh, I don't want to ruffle any feathers, man. I don't. Uh, I like my job. <laughs> I like my job. I like my position. I like the things that are. That's. I like how the cards have are falling right now. So um, I'm not gonna push it. Uh, if if it was to occur again, especially after this, then something's up. Somebody don't like me. I I I said something out of the way to someone along the line that, that I should apologize about. I guess, I guess, but um, you know, but well, uh, it's all good, you know. No, no, no worries. Did you use this as motivation? You know, once you found out, once it settled in, did you want to go out there and really do something spectacular on the undercard to say, you know what, I really des- deserve to be on the main card here. Um, no, you know, I, I, like I say, I can't let, I can't let something like that motivate me. If, um, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't let that motivate me because that's, that's for the wrong reasons. You know, that's, that's, that's not a, you know, I got personal goals I'm trying to achieve and, and, you know, I'm just trying to be somebody in the sport and, and going in with a, with a boo-boo lip. Because I didn't get on a main card, and you know, and pouting, and, and let that kind of cloud my judgment and my um, and my uh, focus, then I'd be silly, especially you know, as much experience that I have to let something like that bother me. But hopefully, it doesn't happen again, and, and hopefully, I've earned a, a good position. And you know, and maybe they just wanted a a, a bigger name to headline the, that that fuel. 
I mean, right. I don't even know if you would call that a headline, Ryan. I don't know. You yeah. know there's, there's ways I can look at it. There's good ways I can look at it. There's negative ways. But I would like to look at it as a positive and, you know, let a couple of good names um, finish the card off for, the, for that night on that channel. Well, I do know that that's the way they look at it. They do like to have a, a big fight to sort of cap off the undercard, if you will, whether it's on fuel or FX. So that is certainly a silver lining and something yeah. you know to 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 hang your hat on. Um, obviously, one of the big storylines going into this fight and out of this fight was that you were not training for this fight at Extreme Couture. Are you officially done with that camp? Uh, I I am, but you know I still have you know, all my friends, you know, that, that train there and, and things like that. It's, it was, it was nothing personal. It was just, I needed a change. You know, I needed a change in coaching. I needed a change in, and, uh, and everything. Um, one of my best friends owns the gym I'm at now, you know, feels, you know, you know, it's family pretty much, um, just has a different feel and that's a feel that I like. And, and, um, and and me, you know, just those just small things that I that I appreciate to help me, you know, push through this hard grind every day. When did you leave Extreme Couture? Um, I don't know, probably maybe five weeks ago. Oh wow! So was this in yeah. the middle of your training camp? Well, I mean, the thing is, is for, for the past three camps, I've I've had the coaches that I've had, and I've just been bringing my guys in and just kind of using, you know, using the gym there on the side. And it's just, it's just been a, a slow moving process, if you will. It's just been a long time coming. And then now I'm actually not walking in there right. to train now. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of been that way um, for, for quite some time now, but um, just need a change. You know, there's great there's there's great coaches over there. There's a great amateur team that's coming up. You know, there's there's good things. I just just need a change. Did you did you make that switch in the middle of this training camp or at the beginning of it? Um, probably right in the middle. But hmm. like I say, I, I was already going over back and forth to, to each gym anyway to get it done. You sure. know, in the mornings I would in the mornings when I get up, I would just drive down to throw down. It's like seven minutes actually from my house, so seven minutes. I just run down there, do my nets, and do whatever it is I was doing. And then, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I would use, I would go over and spar with with some of the guys over over um, at uh, Extreme. But coaching staff um, are, uh, well, yeah. But anyway. You you were one of the founding fathers, if you will, of Extreme Couture. You were there from the beginning, right? So it's got to yeah, be I'm the Godfather. Yeah, it's got to <laughs> be strange to now not be affiliated with them. No, I mean it is, but um, you know, to be honest with you, there's just you know there was a lot of changes that was going on there anyway, and then and then things just wasn't feeling as close knit family, you know, and uh, and, I, and I like that kind of thing, you know. Uh-huh. I like, you know, you know, you come in and and it feels like family and you you know familiar faces and and um, unspoken, unspoken, uh, you know, rules of thumb and you know just whatever. It's just just something that I just needed to change, man. I'll be honest with you. It's been the same. It was the same thing 
you know, over and over and over, a lot of the same training, a lot of the same routine, and, um, and uh, you know, I, I just wasn't, I, I just knew I wasn't reach my, reaching my full potential. Mm-hmm. And I'm no, and I'm no spring chicken, so I got, I got to get, I got to get things done, man. I got to do the necessary things to make me better. Um, I'm about to start a new family, so I, I, I got to, I got to get things going, man. Things have to be right. Obviously, every person is different, but I mean, you know, we follow the sport. You read things; the proof is there. There are a lot of the "quote unquote" founding fathers or people that were integral parts of the team who are no longer there. Is there something that we should be looking at here as as a common thread, or are all the all the examples or the the the, the situations different? Um, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I, a lot of us all set off of our pure talents off of each other. And in doing so, there was there was no um, solid coaching guidance to keep all to to fine tune the the skills, and the attributes that that we had. And for years, you know, we try a, a coach here and try a coach there, and, and, and things like that. And and still, we kind of just doing our own thing, you know, just doing what we think is. is is right and and um, you need coaches, man. You got to have some coaches that are that are paying attention to you from the outside and, and, and watching. And you know, you know, Randy's career has taken off outside of MMA and just super busy dude. And um, and finally, there at the end, just as I was starting to make my changes, uh, Ray Cefo, uh really stepped up to that and started working with the guys and 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 became, you know, a uh, uh, a significant part of the team. But I'd already made a decision that I need to seek some other coaches. And, and uh, you know, that was after the, the Roy fight. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I, when I came back, I, I got a, you know, a friend of mine had a, a home in Northern California on a river. So I was out there just chilling one day and went with my big boo-boo lip because of loss. And uh, I was like, that's it. I got to make a change. I'm going back. I'm going to go talk to a couple coaches I know. I'm just, I'm going to change everything, and I'm, I'm going to see if that works. And if that doesn't, then I quit. You were going to quit the sport. Well, quit trying so damn hard, or some, some. You know, I was just, I was just pissed off. You know. Yeah. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have lost the fight the way I did. Not to say I might have won or lost, but not not that way. Not so. Not that quick, and and not without a fight. But um. So there's something that had to be, something that had to change. And so I came back, you know, and then just that, just, I mean, almost the exact same time, you know, Ray stepped up and started coming in and starting to help kind of guide some of the guys and, and things like that. But, you know, I, I'd already made my change and was going to stick with it. So, and, um, you know, and it's been great for me. Well, clearly, yeah, you're you're on this winning streak. You're finishing, guys. You're looking great. You said in the post fight interview, you know, you don't care about the rankings, all that stuff. You deserve to be top ten, and obviously, you want to fight top ten, maybe even top five. Who knows? Opponents. Is there anyone in mind? I mean, a lot of those guys are booked for the next few months, especially yeah. on one card. But maybe is there anyone out there that that tickles your fancy? Well, I mean, you know, there's not really. But the thing was, is you know, everybody's booked up, so I don't look like a dumbass. You know. <laughs> 
you know, on, on other, yeah, give me, uh, um, I don't know, I'm just going to throw a name, Koscheck, or give me, give me, uh, you know, Pondit, or, you know, whatever, but, oh, and then Joe, you know how Joe is, he's like, yeah, but he's fighting someone, well, then give me the, you know, I didn't want to, yeah. I don't think Koscheck's so, book, booked, unless, unless oh, well, you, I don't know, I, I was just using that as an example, but, that, that, that one know, makes sense, though, guys, well, I mean, oh, there goes your skills, well, I'm just Still saying, work. I'm thinking of who's the top 10 guy. You want to fight a top 10 guy. Six of the, you know, the top 10 guys are booked. Koscheck's not. Yeah, well, there, there's a top 10 guy. Yeah. So, I mean, top 10 guys, uh, I, I feel like I've, I've I, you know, and I've been there before. Not, not, that, not that they've denied me and, you know, I've dropped the ball. So, I'm, I'm back to that point again. So, let's do it. And... And uh, maybe one day I'll break in the top ten. I don't know what the hell. <laughs> well, it must be nice, above all, to no longer have to answer the questions or at least be labeled as the guy who is the best in the gym, but when it comes to the big fight, he doesn't perform. That's what yeah. they used to say about you at Extreme Couture. Now you are performing. Now you are coming up big. Yeah. Now you are finishing guys. You're putting it all together at 37. That in itself is a huge coup for you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um like I say it's time to it's time to buckle down and 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 just really focus and make the sacrifices needed and you know and, and if it's leaving you know my my um, sanctuary or my you know uh, my surroundings that I'm that I'm best you know comfortable in then then so be it um, and I you know I've made the right choices and things are going well and you know I'm super stoked about it and. And uh, just to take some time and chill and relax. Now I got now, now I got to sit. Now I'm sick. You know I got a cold. So usually every time after a fight I get a little sick. So we'll just lick my wounds and soak it all in, man. Because uh, I, I you know I expected to be in a you know a, at least three round battle is what I was I was thinking was going to happen. You know because he's a big boy and and uh, I think I figured it doesn't take a lot to put him away, but. Didn't. Well, I said or that. Did, but. Right, exactly. Well, you, I mean, it, it, it went very quickly and it was very impressive. I said that I think that there's a huge correlation between your recent streak and your amazing mullet that is growing <laughs> in front of our eyes. And it, it, that, that works perfectly for our next guest, who's actually on the line. I want to just ask him and bring him in here. Uh, of sure. course, the man who looks so good in the main event, Roy Nelson. Roy, you're there, right? What do you think of? We got Mike here on the phone for a couple more minutes. So, what do you think? Is there anything you could tell him about how to really, truly develop the mullet into a glorious thing? Because you clearly have conquered that. No, it's just you just got to be able to just keep growing it. Out. Mike's been doing it for a while. You know, we're part of the older crew, right? The eighties. Are you impressed with it, Roy? We're like the eighties bands right now. But Roy, you like it though, right? I, I know you're a tough critic, but that's an impressive looking mullet, mullet developing, right? Uh, hey, anybody, anybody that um... oh, what happened? what happened, Roy? You still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, you cut out for a second. What'd you say? Anyone who what? Mullet got in the way. It's always business in the front and party in the back. That is correct. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mike, we yeah. appreciate the time. Congratulations. Uh, you're doing great work over the last year. What a year it has been for you. 3-0, three finishes. Uh, and we look forward to what's next for you in 2013. Thanks a lot, bud. All right. Hey, check the, check the stats. I think, I, I think 
I don't know. I've, I've heard a couple of, uh, I've got a couple of tweets sent to me that, that I don't know if it's true or not. So I know you, you would be able to dig it up. Um, that I'm the only welterweight with three TKOs in a row. Oh, we will ask I our think, friends. I don't know. Our friends at Fight first Metric round, would know first that. First round TKOs. Sorry, okay. first round TKOs. My bad. We will look into that. Okay, cool. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. See you, Roy. Yeah, congratulations. There he is, Later. Mike Pyle, joining us. Huge year for him. All right, let's move on, move along here and go to our next guest waiting on on the phone. He is Roy Nelson. Big knockout win over Matt Mitrione. Roy, thank you for the time. Congratulations. Happy with your performance overall on Saturday? Um, yeah, yeah. Overall, yeah. Why'd you hesitate? Uh, I had her up and run through the fight. Is you know, I, I need time to run through it and see. Um you know, how well I did, you know, in my head real quick. Were you surprised? I mean, I kind of predicted this would happen. I felt that this would happen. Were you surprised, though, that he stood and traded with you and didn't at least try to take you down to the ground? I, I, I never thought he was ever, 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 ever was going to try to take me down. Really? Okay. I, I just think, I mean, you are known to be such a, um, a strong puncher. You've got that great chin. It seems like lately people aren't trying to do this. I mean, I know your last fight ended very quickly, but this one I thought Matt would at least try to clinch a little more, at least try to make it a little dirtier than your typical boxing Roy Nelson fight. No. You know what I I thought? I thought personally I thought I was going to have to chase him around for five rounds. I figured he would run, 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 run. Mm. So I figured he would try to like try to outpoint me and like – uh you know, kind of do the clique we had the heavyweight, the heavyweight style. So you were surprised when he stood there, and really, I mean, toe to toe, he went with you. Um, yeah, I mean, he kind of went toe to toe. It's just, I mean, tried to, you know, leave a little bit, but you know, I've been working on my, uh, you know, cornering you, you know, and putting you, you know, putting the screws to you. You know, I've been working on that, so you know, so he couldn't run too fast. As someone who has obviously been in the fight game for a long time, those of us who uh, aren't in the fight game, or at least fighting in the the matches, so to speak. I, I was wondering, did Matt make a mistake by not picking up, or at least asking the referee to give him his mouthpiece? I mean, how much more of an impact were those punches at the end, Sands my mouthpiece, uh, as opposed to him, you know, having it back in his mouth? Um, not too much. Um, usually, when you get knocked out, you get knocked out. It's not one of those. Usually the the mouthpiece is more that you don't bite your tongue off. Okay. So that wasn't a critical mistake in your opinion. No, that's not. No, I think the the critical mistake was actually choosing Roy Nelson. That, that he obviously stepped up. He was uh, given a lot of flack for not taking the Cormier fight. Asked the UFC to fight you when Carwin pulled out. This seemed to have bugged you, correct? Yeah. Anytime anybody that. Straight up, you know, that's, that becomes a personal, that's more than like, hey, Joe Silva told me I had to fight you. That becomes a more of a, like, oh, really? It's like talking, you know, it's like talking crap on a basketball court going, oh, I'm going to take you to the hole. Oh, really? <laughs> Let's do it. Mm. So did that give you extra motivation going into the fight? Uh, definitely. Definitely. It was like, oh, really? <laughs> it was just, it was just. You know, I mean, I had Shane Carwin, you know, talking for the longest time that, you know, he wanted to punch me in my face and then didn't really want to punch me in my face that much. And then and then all of a sudden, uh, Matt, you know, says, you know, if he would have said, hey, Joe Silva, 
you know, just told me I had FIU, then I could have dealt with that a little bit better. And but you know, don't poke the bear. <laughs> Literally the bear. Um, he obviously was in the, the the show with you and in the house and all that. Um, when you found out that Matt Mitrione had stepped up to fight you, were you kind of? I mean, did you think that this guy's not on your level considering what he's done? I mean, we can't. I mean, you can't even compare. You've been in this game for a lot longer. You've won a title in IFL, et cetera, et cetera. Did you think that he was not even on your level? Um, no, I, I figured he was definitely. I mean, he's in the UFC. than Shane Carwin, so I assumed that, you know, I'm getting a great guy. He's in the UFC. So it wasn't that. It was just the fact that somebody called me out. Yeah. So you truly believe Shane, you know, he asked out. Wasn't really hurt, just didn't want to fight you. Is that what you believe? You know what? It's it's happened twice, so I have no idea. But you know what? I'm kind of already over it. Yeah. You uh, Dana White said that he is depressed. That he's in a, a real dark depression right now. Do you at least feel for him? Or for Shane? Uh, no, I I feel more for the people in Connecticut. Right. Well, that's that is a weird response to that question. Don't you? If you're gonna talk about depression and stuff, I'm just. Okay, well, the guy. Saying, I mean, I've, if you're talking about feeling for people, I, you know, I, like I already forgot about Shane Carwin. Okay, you don't want to talk about him. You're done with him. Yeah, pretty much. What if they offered you a fight against him, though? Would you turn it down? I, have I ever turned down a fight? No, but if you don't want to think about him or fight him, maybe you would. I don't know. Right, but I'm not going to think about him right now because there's no need to. Fair enough. You recently became a father, right? I, I did. Yeah. Um, how old is your baby? How's he doing? It's a, it's a boy, right? Yep. Um, right now he's about a uh, little over four weeks. Wow. Isn't it amazing? It is. It is. It's, it's wonderful. Did it change your perspective on your career, your life, anything like that? Um, I don't want to say perspective on life and, you know, anything. I think it just puts everything into uh, more of a crystal clear path of, you know, what's important. Yeah. And how was it dealing? I mean, I recently became a father as well. I can't imagine training for a big fight, you know, all that pressure and being in the main event and whatnot. There's a moment that you're building up to. What was it like doing that while your wife is pregnant, very pregnant, gives birth, then the aftermath, bringing the baby home, acclimation, all that stuff? What was that like? Uh, you know, it's just, it's just like another day at the office, just kind of, you know, it's like getting an injury and then you just kind of have to deal with it. You compared the birth of your first child to getting an injury and having to deal with it. That doesn't seem apropos. No, if you're talking about like acclimation, you know, like 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 you know the weirdness of like not sleeping and stuff like that. It's like pain, you know, or whatever. It's just one of those, you know. And but you know, there's one thing that's more important, and you know, I'd rather take care of my kid than than train or you know and yeah do all this other. You know, it's just you just things are just more important. That you just kind of deal with, you know. So, did, like with you know having a kid, it's just you know I, I'm I'm a happy dad. Did you not get as much training in the last four weeks after he was born? Uh, no, I got the same amount of training, just less sleep. <laughs> now, are you changing diapers? Uh, of course. All right, it's fun, right? Like I always said, I, I would bathe in my son's, you know, diaper stuff. It's a pleasure hey, for me. All I- all I know is uh, they got these high-tech diapers where they tell you, you know, if he's peed or not. You oh. know, actually open the diaper up now. 
It's exciting. The blue line, right? The blue strip? Exactly. Yeah. You, you know. I know. I know. It's all very exciting. Um, and do you think you'll have more? Um, you know what? Uh, I first you got to get past the first one. Um, that's something I've talked to my wife about. Okay. Uh, what's your son's name? Uh, Jax. Jackson. Jackson. J a x o n. Yeah. Oh, J a x o n. That's an interesting. Yeah, spell. I gotta be a little different. Wow, I like that. Jackson Nelson. Now, was he at the fight on Saturday? Uh, he actually was at the fight, but in the hotel room. Oh, so but he watched it, of course. Of course. Now, looking back on the Ultimate Fighter, did you enjoy the experience? Of uh, being a contestant? No, <laughs> being a coach. Or being a coach? Uh, it was. It was definitely. I, it was a learning experience. Why? Why learning? Uh, any, any, anything in life that makes you a better person is definitely a learning experience. So you think being a coach on Tough made you a better person? Better person? Um, yeah. I think it um, made me a better person of... Um, How so? You know, oh, just, you know, the the things that you, you know, just the perspective of people and then how to... Um, I guess, deal with uh, different people and situations. So going into it, you had one sort of set of ideas or rituals, if you will, on how to deal with people in that setting, and now you have since changed for the better. Yeah, it just made me, you know, a better martial artist. And what do you think of the fact that this was the first time in Ultimate Fighter history that only two guys fought on the finale of the guys in the finals? What does that say? Does that say something about the casting, the show, the coaching, the fighters, what does that say? It didn't say anything about the coaching. It had to, I guess it would have to do with um, fighters. Or if it had to do with the coaching, then it's like apparently we don't have enough pull. But none of those guys were actually my guys. So, like, as in, like, my guys, like, my buddies or whatever. Sure. Uh, were, you, were you okay with the casting? Like, did you think that they had picked a solid group of guys? Um... Me personally, I probably would have picked a whole different. Uh, uh, <laughs> but there was a couple. There was a couple guys that you know actually really wanted to be Ultimate Fighter um, guys. But then there was guys that just, I guess you know, they thought it was they walked in the wrong um, audition. I think it was for like Jersey Shore, but it wasn't. Right, and some of them criticized you as a coach. Of course they would. They didn't win, and right. and apparently they weren't good enough for. Uh, the USC, so really wasn't you know. Do you think that you, right? <laughs> do you think that you'll have a relationship with any of these guys? Any of them going to be a part of the country club? Um, you know what? I I would still be in contact with John and um, Colton. Those are the only two guys that were really on our team that actually really, 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 really wanted to be ultimate. You know, trying right. to win ultimate fighter. What did you think of Colton's performance in the finale? I. That was exactly, you know, what we kind of talked about. Um, he's just going to execute his game plan and just be the better fighter. Did you help him train for that fight? Uh, the, afterwards, no. He, Tim Kennedy, you know, yeah. he goes back home, you know, with Tim Kennedy and, you know, just uh, applied that same mentality when he came into the house. And is this something, I mean, are, are you done with the Ultimate Fighter or would you be, ever be interested in being a part of the show again? Would I be, uh, depending on where it was at and um, and who who was, you know, opposed, you know, on the other side, and, and it, things would be a little bit different. 
What do you think of the editing? Do you think that they painted you in a positive light? Did they paint? No. The I, the best, I think with the um, editing and stuff like that, I think they were just setting up the DVD sales so that they can go, <laughs> Roy Nelson had five Ultimate Fighter winners, five world champions, and the man that created the UFC, Royce Gracie. You know, that's. That, I think that's, they were just getting ready. To, you know, UFC is a great PR machine. Right. So they wanted to sell DVDs. Oh, so they kept that. You're saying they kept that stuff? Exactly. Oh. So they didn't show any of that because of the DVD. But let's be honest, the ratings weren't that great this year. Why do you think that was? Uh, it's called Friday. <laughs> That's it, right? Uh, Friday and then, uh, and you know, I stopped watching. Really? Yeah, like I, it was one of those, it's Friday. I had stuff to do. So I, I guess you'd pick it up on my fuel. Right. But, do, but when you did watch, did you think it was compelling TV? Was it compelling? No, because I had, I had one. I had. I mean, it's kind of hard to. I mean, you didn't have any actually Ultimate Fighter winners, and then it's me carrying the show by myself without you know, <laughs> you know, without the you know, I can't I can't do the editing. If we just did the editing with Roy, I mean, definitely you know, it would, it could have been a way more better compelling TV because there's a lot of good stuff that actually happened. Mm-hmm. That th- that didn't make the show. I got to get this DVD. At, Exactly. There's like, like I said, who brings on people? Five guys that won Ultimate Fighter out of out of the sixteen season or out of the fifteen seasons brought brought in five. That's yeah, one third of all the Ultimate Fighter winners, and then three UFC World Champions, five World Champions, and Hoist Gracie. And they didn't show any of those guys. The only I think the only person that got showed was uh, Forrest. Did you ask them why? That's not my, you know, like I said, I don't do that. Do you feel like your relationship with Dana is better after the show? Um, sure. It's all, you know, it's it's always um a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you feel like he's rooting for you to lose? You know what? I think he, I think he likes to watch me fight, and that's all I care about. After the fight on Saturday, you were yelling something. I don't know to who. Some thought it was to Joe Rogan, others to someone else, cage side. Who are you yelling at, and what did you say? I wasn't yelling at anybody. Oh. You weren't, you didn't, you didn't, after the fight, I seem to recall you saying something, or at least it looked like you were saying something. Maybe you were just screaming, yeah, or whatever, just screaming, but you weren't talking to anyone. No, that's just, I was doing the, um, I can't even think of his name, um, but no, I wasn't yelling at anybody. Because after your last win, you did say something to Lorenzo and Dana, right? Um. Yeah. Sure. What did you say to them? I didn't say anything. I just said, <laughs> "Hey, what's up?" <laughs> you knocked them out, and then you just said, "Hey, what's up?" That was it. Uh huh. Um. Where do you think you you lie now in the heavyweight division? Have you thought about in the last couple of days who makes sense for you next? Uh, who makes sense? Uh. No, I just I whoever's on the UFC roster. I think if Daniel Cormier wins on January twelfth, that would be a, a very interesting fight for both of you. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but what happened to Frank? Frank? Frank needs to be active. Oh, okay. You're yeah. looking out for Frank. Uh, if not, what, what do you think of Pat Barry? Both of them are going to be on our show in the second hour, so I'm trying to you know start sure, something if, here. If Pat wins, but but I talked to Pat. Pat doesn't want to you know. 
fight for he wants to have a vacation. <laughs> oh, you want to get right back in there? I no, I just I just I I my thing is I you know I'm I'm one of those guys that you know I just to be you know I just like to work. Sure. Are we going to uh how are we going to proceed with the Vada stuff? Are we going to keep bringing this up before every fight or uh you know like that, that's the thing I don't understand about people with uh, this this Vada um stuff is like it's not that hard. It's like like I ask you if you want to do it, you know, if I if I can if I can give you a gift. Someone's going to give you a gift. Of course you're going to go, "Thank you, Roy." Yeah. You know, and then it's like with Matt, like, I think I, I called him, I called him personally up, you know, because we were supposed to be friends and you go, Hey man, this is what, you know, I want to do, you know? And he's like, Oh, and then next thing you know, I don't want to do it. Like, like, wow. It just, but you know, on the MMA hour, yeah, you fight Roy Nelson. Don't be surprised. Okay. Just don't be surprised if I have a gift for you. So here on out, every time you fight someone, you're going to make this offer. It's it's a, it's an offer. It's a standing offer. If you're accepting a fight with Roy Nelson, be prepared to receive this gift. Because, because it, if, as long as I as long as I if I can get a nonprofit to help me out, and they're trying to make the sport better, and it, as long as it's sponsored, because it's it's a very expensive expensive test because they do the you know, GR testing for you know you know the actual they, they test for all the good stuff so it's an expensive test um you know don't be surprised and and then when they go oh vada's this vada's that like they got like excuses up the wing yin yang for like the most lamest thing it's you pee in a cup and it goes to a lab and then the lab he's good or yeah he got some fishy stuff going on now you did it right yeah, I've done it. Um, I've I've had my blood taken out. I've peed in the cup a couple times already. Um, they showed up at my house. They showed up at the gym. Wow. You know, the one thing is where everybody goes, it's inconvenience. Yes, it's an inconvenience as in it's going to take a little time out of your day because they come to you and you got to go pee in a cup. But you know what? The only time it's inconvenience is if you don't have to go pee. Because sooner or later you do have to go pee. Have you thought about talking to the Nevada State Athletic Commission, Keith Kaiser, those folks about trying to use them more, trying to have stricter uh, drug testing, things like that? Because I feel like that's where you can really make an impact on the sport. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, definitely, you know, Keith and um, you know, and have the, that conversation. But I thought they uh, they were using like uh, like Orem or, or something like that, or or Chael for like the TRT <laughs> and stuff like as as the uh, and the ambassadors or whatever. So, do you think those yeah, are I good choices? To... Hey, that it's not my choice. All, all, right. I, all I know is I can worry about myself and then try to you know help from my side that I can control. By the way, one last thing: Did you watch the uh, WWE pay per view last night? You know what? Actually, I didn't. I was actually asleep by seven thirty. Yeah, I don't blame you. I was there. I was in attendance. It was a very good show. Oh, were you? Yeah, I was in Brooklyn. Oh, so you did you um so you did you go to Australia? I did not. I did not go to either show. Then why didn't you what were you doing? Well, you know, uh I have a rule. Um this is a gift. If Roy Nelson is fighting, I don't show up. You don't uh, you don't show up but you watch it on T V? <laughs> yeah, you know, I I just don't feel like it's worth my time going all the way to Las Vegas. Uh that that that's okay. 
I'm kidding. I had uh, family obligations. Because I was going to say, if that's the case, then this might be our last interview. <laughs> I'm kidding. You know, Roy, you know how much I love you. Um, I had to be home, family obligations, so I cannot make I, I actually thought it was the best tough finale in uh, in the 16-year the history of the show. I thought it was a fantastic show. I thought you looked fantastic. I was legitimately bummed that I wasn't there. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but... You know the fights went by fast. Um, the, I was bummed that you know the Jamie Farner and uh, yeah Melvin Gillard fight didn't go. At what point did you realize I wasn't there, and at what point did that bum you out? Uh, it was the it was the day before when Heidi interviewed. Yeah, that was a bummer, right? Yeah, so yeah, I was like, yep, no, see, I, then I was thinking, I was like, ah, you know what? Apparently, he's you know they they shipped him down to um, Australia. Yeah, no weekend. And off. then when I watched Australia, I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Well, I'll be at the next one. I promise you that. No matter where it is, I will be there. You'll be at the one on the 29th? 29th. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll be there. Uh, December. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're fighting on that one? No. Oh, okay. Okay. You're in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will be there. I, I will be there. Will you be there? Um, You know what? Probably, most likely. Usually all these big fights, Um, I'm, I usually have to go. All right. Well, Roy, congratulations. Most importantly, mazel tov to you and the wife on the uh, the birth of Jackson. Enjoy the ride. It's a great ride. You will love being a father, and uh, pretty cool that you won, uh, you know, four weeks into your, your son's life. Uh, great post-fight speech, great performance on Saturday. We look forward to what's next, and we hope that you will join us on the MMA Hour for many, many years to come. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, Thank there you. he is. Roy Big Country Nelson joining us, picking up a big win on Saturday night over Matt Mitrione. Let's move along now, welcome in our next guest. He is one of the uh, the true, true characters and legends of our sport, combat sports in general, I should say. He is Dwayne Bang Ludwig and a huge fan. i got to ask him about our prize today because I'm sure he'll appreciate this. Dwayne Ludwig, are you there? Yes, sir. How you doing, buddy? Hey, Dwayne. Good to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining us. By the way, I don't know if you know this. I know you're an avid Round 5 collector, right? Still, right? Correct. Correct. We've got our, our prize of the day. We give it a prize every week uh, for the best question uh, asked of the week. And our prize this week, one of our prizes, is the Alistair Overeem Pride Edition. Have you seen this one? Oh, nice. I've seen photos of it, yeah. Very, very cool. I love all the Pride Editions for sure. Oh, it's amazing because he's you know a little skinnier, a little younger. I think it may be my, my favorite one other than yours, of course. Nice. Good man. Good man. <laughs> yours, yours just came out, right? Yeah, it was released uh, early November. Did you get one or many? Of course. Yeah, well, no, I got... Um, Round five, they sent me eight total, four packaged, four unpackaged. So that was pretty cool. They, the factory over in China, they'll, 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 they'll run a couple, send them over for Damon to approve, so the, the samples, and then uh, they're called the one-offs. He sent me the one-offs, which was cool. So I have the one-offs, and then I have the four, four packaged ones. So it's, it's pretty nice of them to do that for me. Now, what did you think of the finished product? I thought mine is actually pretty, uh, it's pretty dead on. There's a, there's a couple that aren't too, aren't, you know, too true to the face, face yeah. features, but... Mine's pretty dead on. Um, how many? Uh, th this is like one of those like limited edition ones, right? Yes, they made 750 numbered ones. Whoa! I wonder how much those but, are going to go for on on eBay. Yeah, they, they run for about 35 bucks a piece. But if it's the lower the number, the higher the pay. Um, and I guess like you know the number one of 750, I guess that'll go for about 100 bucks. And um, how many do you think you will have in your possession? Uh, I'm going to keep my four. Okay. Uh, right. I'd like to get. I'd like to get you know one of 750, and I'd like to get number uh, 303 of 750. Those two. Um, Why 303? I thought, I, 
uh, area code for Colorado, and then oh. it's the, the um, name of my gym here in Colorado. Ah, and uh, how many do you have in total, around five figurines? Oof. I've got over 100 for sure. Oh, wow. That's amazing. You beat me. All right, let's move along here. Big news uh, for you last week. You were uh, named the head coach of Team Alpha Male. Of course, Team Alpha Male, the home to the likes of Uriah Faber, Joseph Benavidez, um, you know, guys like Danny Castillo, a lot of big names in Guy the Mendez, U- TJ Dillashaw. Oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the list goes on and on. Uh, they've got a lot of big names, and they're over in Sacramento. How did this come about? Um, it came about, I actually had a, an offer to go teach at the Throwdown Gym in Vegas, and I thought about it pretty hard. I'm going to be out for a year with my knee injury, so a year to date tour from the, the time I injured it to the time I'll be 100%. And um, I was kind of thinking, what am I going to do? You know, I got, I got to make something happen. And I got the gym offer for Vegas. And I thought about it pretty hard, and I didn't like Vegas. It's not good for a family. And I finally decided to tell Vegas no. And then I'm kind of thinking, what am I going to do? And about two or three days later, Uriah texts me. Uriah ever texts me about 10 o'clock at night. And he's like, Dwayne, is this through your number? And I said, yes. And we talked that night. And I was just like, wow, just asking me if I have a gym and just, like, you know, checking out my situation. And kind of, kind of, kind of, just beating around the bush about it. And I was, you know, so you know, what's the end result? What, what are we trying to, you know, get after here? And it's like, well, we need a head trainer out here. And I was like, man, I'm in the transition. I need something to do. I was already kind of thinking of leaving the state. My, and let me, uh, you know, run it past my wife and see how Sacramento is, do some research, and, and it was just, it was perfect timing. Um, and it just text me out of the blue. It was just, it's kind of a, kind of a random thing and perfect timing. And um, I was, like, I asked him to bring my wife and I out there to check Sacramento out. And make sure we vibe with the team. Make sure they like my teaching style and how I how I do things. And I went out there and um, I did a about four sessions total with the team. And um, they liked the way I, I taught the classes and how I how I ran things. And it was a good vibe. Sacramento is actually a lot prettier than I imagined. It's a lot like Boulder, Colorado. Um, so it was definitely just good timing. And all the way all the way around, there's there's nothing bad about it other than me leaving Colorado. But there's not. I don't actually have many ties here so it's just it's perfect timing and everything's just working out in order so when do you officially become head coach um i guess they officially announced it we came we came to terms about a week and a half ago and then it was announced earlier or end of last week okay so but you're not there right now right no sir i'm still in colorado i'm going to rent out my uh, the holidays here and then um Come early January, head out there. I still actually have one more knee surgery in two days, oh. and then um, so after I get through the knee surgery, the holidays, and I'll bounce out to Sacramento and get the guys ready, uh, Joseph Benavides and your favorite, get them ready for their fights. And of course, you uh, you injured your knee in September in Nottingham against Shea Mills. You say you have one more knee injury. Did you have another, and now have to have a second yeah, one? One more knee, one more knee surgery. Excuse uh, me, one more knee surgery. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, cause, uh, it, the initial takedown of the fight. It popped my ACL. Um, I felt a crunch and a pop, and my knee was uh, it was pretty useless from that point on. Um, but I continued to try to fight, and while I was trying to get guard back and move around, I could just feel my knee sliding around. It just felt it just felt strange. I've never injured in my knee before, so I wasn't quite sure what was going on. But um, all my focus was on just trying to, I just paying attention to the knee, and um, I was able to get back to my feet. And when I go back to my feet, I feel my knee slid around, you know, pretty good. And I went to take Che down. My knee just buckled, and then I was like, "Man!" So, um, all, all in all, I, I completely tore the ACL and the meniscus. I tore both the meniscus up pretty good. I've actually detached one of the meniscus, um, one of the meniscus, uh, meniscus, guy, I guess, <laughs> from the bone. So they had to go through, drill a hole in the bone, and then oh. uh, stitch it down. 
and um, I have to wait for that to heal, and then I go back in two days for the actual ACL Gosh. repair. So from the day of the, day of the injury to the date, I'll be 100%. Be, it's actually six to nine months total. And you're still a member of the UFC yeah. roster, right? Uh, yes, yes, I'm still. They have not cut me. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I'm still I'm still on the roster, I guess. So are, are you hoping it's to— It's kind of a jacked-up deal for them to cut me off of a freak injury anyway. I, I understand, like, you know— I got my, my 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 butt kicked, or I caught in a submission, or I did something stupid. But it's just kind of a kind of a freak accident, outside sure. trip that popped my ACL. So I think it'd be kind of a kind of a, a bad move on their part if they cut me off of that. So your plan is to to come back and fight, right? My plan is to well, I have to take a year off anyway, right? Um, but just just change focus. I definitely would like to go off with a win, um, but I have I got to see where my heart lies this last. A couple of years has kind of been a roller coaster of emotions, to be honest. Anyway, I'm just kind of I, just been doing it for so long. I'd like to have like certain opponents and certain things to fire me up, and uh, it just hasn't really been there. So, I I think if I had the, the chance to financially step away from the sport uh, a while ago, I probably would have. I kind of been fighting for money, um, just kind of you know to survive and. It's, you know, I've never made big money in a fight game anyway, so it's always been living fight to fight, so I can't really afford not to fight. I can just go back and, I guess, be an electrician or something, but I didn't really want to do that. I know I know too much not to teach, and fighting is still in my blood. I definitely like to fight, and it's just, it's just what I do, but I just need certain things to motivate me. And uh, so, like I said, the, the timing of this knee injury and then Uriah texting me is just perfect timing. Um, I feel I'm, I'm, I'm a great coach, and um, it's just it's, it's all the way around, it just worked out perfectly. So I'm, I'm excited about this for sure. I'm I'm being handed a parking lot full of race cars, huh. and it's kind of a coach's dream. You know, I don't really have to build anybody up. All I can do is just get them better. So it's just um, it's definitely it's an honor for sure to to go in there and teach those guys. And when I had that, and I ran that seminar, I ran those four little seminars for them. They listen and they pick up extremely fast. I mean, because the, the level of success that they've had already, without. Not that I'm, you know, I don't know. We'll see what what I can do for them. But um, for what they've had and uh, for the level of success they've they've accomplished, it's actually quite amazing. At what point do you recall the point where you went from fighting for the love of the game and wanting to beat people up, people up to fighting for money, as you say? Um, it happened when I had children, and um, I actually grew up and realized, okay, I have a mortgage, and I got to take care of people, and I can't just be a uh, I can't just do exactly what I want to do. Now I have some responsibilities. So I guess when responsibilities played and played a factor for sure, when I have to start paying the mortgage or paying the bills and becoming a man and taking care of what I need to take care of. Cause then it changes. Then you yeah. like realize I got to win this fight. Cause I have things to pay and people are depending on me. So, um, I think that's when it changed for sure. Um, for the most part. Yeah. So right now, I mean, if this goes well, and you know things are going well. Come May, come June, July, August, the summertime, there is a chance we may never see you fight again. Correct. Would that be a good thing in a sense? Like that would mean that things are going well. Like if you don't have to go back, you'd rather not. Um, well, I'd like to definitely. I'm gonna I'm gonna give uh, give myself, my family, give the give Alpha Male a solid year of uh, teaching and training and becoming a solid coach, and to see where my heart lies then, and see where I'm at because now. Like the last couple of fights, I've been getting significant injuries. It's not like it's getting a bump or a bruise or a little broken bone. I'm getting pretty significant injuries. So um, we're going to see where my heart lies, too, because it's actually it's, it's, a, it's a combination of things. One is injuries, 
and then and then just my, where my heart lies too. And I need certain opponents and certain things to trigger that fire because I guess the easiest way, the easiest analogy for the common person who hasn't really stepped in the cage is, you know, when you first get on that roller coaster, it's it's extremely fun and exciting. But if you do that roller coaster 10, 15, 20 times, it, you get really used to it. And it's not as exciting. That's exactly how fighting has become for me. So um, all in all, I'd like to take take some time off. Now I, I can because I can focus on, on the team and make some money and make sure things are going to be good. And then just do my heart lies and do one more fight. But I definitely like to go off. If I do retire, officially retire, I like to do it off of a win and then off of a match that I'd, I'd someone I'd like to fight anyway. Right. You compared the team at Alpha Male to a bunch of race cars, and that's very uh, appropriate because it's a very impressive team, as you mentioned. Yet, for whatever reason, you know, Faber recently, Chad Mendez recently, Joseph Benavidez, they make it to the, the big fight, the title fight. They can't get over the hump. Why do you think that is? There's a couple things to that. Um, I think one is it's been stylistically for men, well, Mendez, Mendez don't do it all down, just got caught with the knee, and not like he was right. on class or anything or anything in particular. One thing I do need to work with them on is, is, is uh, well, I guess I can't. Um, we know that, you know, all down the Brazilian, the lighter weight guys, they like the low kicks, so I'm going to get Team Alphamel blocking and, and returning back with some low kicks, and, you know, give them some low kick, you know, give them something to think about. Uh-huh. So they can't have any kinks to armor at this level of the game. And I think one chink in the armor is, is the leg kicks, but there's, there's a few more things to that. Uh, but that's one of the main things for sure. You mentioned something very interesting on Twitter on Saturday. You were watching the fights, the the tough finale fights, and you tweeted this after Colton Smith's win over Mike Ricci. You said, once again, wrestling is the most effective, yet the most boring. And I thought sure. that was a very interesting tweet because you are going to a gym filled with great wrestlers. Yeah. So how are you going to balance your take on wrestling? Yes, it's effective, but... You've always been a very exciting fighter. It, it depends on, on on how on how you use your wrestling, though. So, you know, you can you can make a statement like I did, but it doesn't mean that there's many many facets to it. Because like Hendricks, Johnny Hendricks, he's a solid wrestler, and he uses it to, to answer wrestling to, to work his striking. So people are able to take down and he lands lands that big shot. So it just depends on how you use it. Um, and so it's just one of those things. But like your favorite, like their whole team there, Team Alphamel. They're not the typical. I shouldn't say typical. They're not the style of wrestler that's going to take somebody down and hold them and make it an unexciting fight. They push the pace and they fight. So, and not it doesn't matter my surroundings. I'm going to tweet and say what I feel. But overall, if you take somebody down and you just hold them, that's not an, an, ex, an exciting fight. But it is definitely a higher percentage of winning fight. So, I guess that's one way I could have tweeted it. I would imagine it's very exciting for a guy who's been in the fight game as long as, as you have, you've experienced it all, to really get these pieces of clay, race cars, yeah. if you want to call them that, and you know, be the man. You are the man there, right? You are the head coach, correct? That's got to be an amazing opportunity and one that must excite you greatly. For sure, for sure. I'm definitely still deep in the sport, which is nice. Um, and, and just being able to, to teach now, it's going to be, it's going to be fun for sure. I've been, teaching, I've been teaching since I was 19. And uh, like all the guys here in Colorado and just whatever in my travels, I always have people and other fighters and trainers even asking me questions about setups and stuff and combinations and how I do things and what I think about this and that. So I've always been a guy that um, people have come to for advice anyway. And I've always, you know, kept a good head on my shoulders and I've always paid attention to how the body works and combinations and setups and things. So it's going to be fun to go ahead and start sharing some of this information. And you are going to live there full time. You are going to be a Sacramento resident, right? Correct for at least one year. I want to see how the how it goes. Make sure you know everything works out good. And then, but so far, from when I've been out there, 
at Lake Sacramento quite a bit. So um, hopefully it's a long-lasting deal. Do you know what's the first fight that you will be in their corner for? I'm assuming it's – well, Faber is end of February. Is there one before that? I, well, uh, Joseph Benavides is fighting Ian McCall. That's right. What's that's the a, date of that? That's February 2nd. Okay, so February 2nd. If um, well, I want to make sure uh, – well, I don't want to push myself in everybody's corner. I want to make sure they're comfortable with me in their corner from the get-go. So, But I will be available for them if they choose. And one last thing. Um, I was talking to Uriah about this. They had – I don't know if he was really their head coach, but you know, one of their top coaches, Master Thong, who I guess he, he went away for six weeks. They didn't uh, get in contact with him. He was hard to reach, and that was what really pushed him to reach out to you. He just came back to the team yesterday. How will he mesh with you? Um, well, I'm pretty easy going. It would be good actually to have him there just so that he can help translate some information on where, you know, each individual is at. Hopefully, can be related to So, um, from what I understand, I will be the head coach and he will, I'm not quite sure, like to set roles where he doesn't work under me, but we'll work definitely work together. So, that would be good for sure. All right. And it's two, it's two different styles. I have more of a, of a Dutch style, which translates better in MMA, plus with my MMA experience. And then I know, um, I'm not calling him master. His name's Tong. Um, it's one of those things where he's actually come from a boxing background, but he's done great things with him so far, so it can only help to improve it's, you know, adding some more some more Dutch down and uh, some of the tweaks I've made to the Dutch Thai boxing system to make it more, you know, applicable for mixed martial arts. So how come you won't call him master? Because I think it's a little bit of an ego thing for me. I don't think anybody should call himself master anyway. Okay. Because then you don't learn anymore, huh? Right, you can't right. Can't call yourself Master, you always want, you always want. But I and and I've met him, and I know Tong, and I know that the Thai people, and I'm and um and I know I kind of I feel he got the whole master thing from um Master Toddy in Vegas, which is actually just a sales thing. He's not doing it to be bolstered. I don't think he quite understands the language or its meaning. Anyway, he just went with it, you know, because Master Toddy was calling himself Master, which right. I think is just a, an, an ignorant term. So uh, if I called you Master Bang, that would not be. Uh... Yes, my wife calls me that. <laughs> oh, really? That's good. Oh, Ariel, come on, baby. Um, yeah, so you can. <laughs> you can call me if you like it, but it's, it's not suiting. It's, uh, no, I'm definitely not, not a master because then you don't learn anymore. There's right. always stuff, to, especially with mixed martial arts, there's always an evolution. Well, with everything, with life and the human species, there's always evolution and change. So you can't call yourself master because then you get stuck in a rut. All right. Well, congratulations. A huge move for you. I think it's well-deserved. Can't wait to see what you do with the team come 2013. Good luck, most importantly, first and foremost, with the surgery in a couple of days. Looking forward to seeing a lot out of you and the team, Bang, come 2013. Sure. i got to give a shout-out to my affiliate in Rochester, New York, please. Oh. Uh, Bristol, Bristol, Tennessee. And then I got one in Fargo, North Dakota. I got the affiliate systems for the Bang Muay Thai, so I just got to tell those guys what's up. All right. Thank you so much, Bang. Good man. Thank you. Appreciate there he is, Dwayne Bang Ludwig. And before we go to our next guest, want to uh, mention Mike Pyle was right. Our good friends over at Fight Metric hitting me up on Twitter, letting me know that regarding the Pyle being the first welterweight to knock three straight opponents out in the first round, that is in fact correct. So, Mike Pyle, congratulations for doing that. Now, let's move along. Welcome in our next guest. He is one of the last Strike Force heavyweights ever. And on January 12th, he will fight on the last. Strike Force card against Dion Starring. He is DC Daniel Cormier, and he joins us right now. Daniel, how are you? I'm good, Ariel. How you doing, man? Big night tonight. You pumped? Well, what do you mean? Well, I thought you were a huge Knicks fan. Knicks against Rockets. Come on, man. What are you off the bandwagon? 
Yes, I am very much a bandwagon <laughs> jumper. I've been, I've been uh, joking about now my football teams, uh, the uh, Atlanta Falcons, <laughs> you know. And then uh, last year I really liked the Miami Heat, but now that's changed because they're not the best team in the NBA anymore. So <laughs> I'm a winner, man. I'm a runner. <laughs> All right. Well, we welcome you. We're happy to have you on the bandwagon. I like the I really do like the Rockets, so I'm kind of rooting for the Rockets tonight against oh, the Knicks. All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us, Daniel. A pleasure to have you here. Oh, it's good, man. It's been way too long, huh? No, I was actually saying goodbye to you after you said that thing about the Rockets and the Knicks. I was saying pleasure to have you here and see you later. You didn't get well, it. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, you can get you can you you can uh, you can rush me off if you want, you know. But there's really only. Uh, one team in New York, and that's my uh, Brooklyn Nets. Oh, God. <laughs> and now <laughs> if I were if I were there, I would slap you right in the face. If How I were, about that? <laughs> and then I would run away. How about that? <laughs> um, no, but honestly, it is good to to hear from you. And uh, of course, you have this big fight. Finally, you will fight one last time. We're crossing our fingers the fight actually happens, but I think it's going to happen yeah. this time. Gets Dion starring. I want to know. Your reaction when you found out you were fighting Dion, was it like the rest of the MMA community who collectively seemed to have said, who? I think, um, you know, it was kind of, you know, I was like, well, I heard, um, you know, I was going to fight Frank Mayer. And then right afterwards, I was hearing that um, uh, the Matt Mitrione, you know, Matt Mitrione. So I was kind of under the impression it was going to be a UFC guy because then Fabrizio Verdun was saying, you know, just a whole bunch of names being floated sure. around. And then uh, when they told me who I was fighting, you know, the only way I, I knew who Dion was, honestly, was because he was supposed to fight Mike Kyle uh, in September. Right. So um, it was it was kind of that way. But then it was, you know, refocus, recharge, and then start preparing for Dion Star. Have you watched a lot of film on him? I've watched some. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a guy that, that watches a ton of film on guys. You know, I... I uh, I didn't do it much in wrestling, and because um, you don't want to you don't want to really like start focusing on something a guy does time and time again, and then he comes into the fight and you're expecting that thing, uh, and then it's something completely different. So um, I've watched a little bit just to kind of get an idea of how he fights, but nothing I'm going to base how I'm going to fight him on. So what's the DC scouting report on on Dion Starring? Oh uh, man, he's very tough. He's a guy that's uh he's fought anyone. Um, he fights anyone that they, they put in front of him. He, uh, he's a guy that, that, that brings a fight every time. I mean, you know, uh, just because a guy isn't very well known doesn't mean that he's not a, a good fighter. And I think Dion's a very good fighter. Mentally, though, was it initially hard to get up for this fight? Because you had a huge fight against Mir, then talks of some other UFC guys. I mean, this is a drop in at least name opponent, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean... Well, there aren't many guys that you're going to get that their name value is as high as Frank Mir, you know, and then, uh, you know, to hear Matt Mitrione, who main evented the UFC card just last weekend, and then come to find out Czech Congo was also offered the fight. So um, there are some pretty decent names being thrown around, and to get a guy that's never fought in the United States before, uh, Strike Force or the UFC, it's obviously going to be a drop-off in name value. But, um, you know, it, it, it's all... It's all, you know, relative to what I'm trying to do. You know, this is just another step in my, my journey uh, in terms of getting to the UFC and, and uh, getting big fights. Did you ask Strikeforce why Dion? No, never did. Um, I've never really done that. You know, I've never really been the one to sit up and call guys out and 
try to set my next fight or this fight or whoever. But uh, so when they said that's who you're fighting, I just took it as such. I mean, I, it's not my job to make fights, you know. I just I tried that and people kind of jumped down my throat for trying to fight John Jones and and uh, I, that's really not not me. But obviously that's kind of the way it needs to be now. It's an interesting situation because the light is there at the end of the tunnel. You know, after you know January twelfth, come January thirteenth, you are a UFC fighter. Is it hard to not focus on that? Is it hard, or do you find yourself at times maybe looking past January twelfth and just dreaming about what it's going to be like come January thirteenth and beyond? Well, I don't think I, I. I'll never look past my opponent, but obviously it's a natural, you know, human nature to think about what's going to happen in the future. Uh, I was doing pretty good at actually just focusing on my fight until you did that interview with Frank Mir last weekend. <laughs> and, uh, then that kind of opened my eyes to it and go, well, you know what, man, maybe this fight can't happen. And I'm in line for some pretty big fights right away. Yeah. So I spoke to Frank Mir in Seattle. You can see that on the Fuel TV website or youtube.com slash Fuel TV. He talked about the injury that forced him out of uh, the bout against you. And uh, that was supposed to take place in November, also in Oklahoma City, but said upon his return, he would still like to fight you. Uh, is that the fight that interests you most, uh, you know, upon your UFC debut? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the fight that I want. Listen, Frank Mir and I have some unfinished business. You know, I, I had to put in a full training camp for Frank and uh, to not get to fight him at the end of it was pretty disappointing. Um, so uh, hopefully I get through this fight with Dion, you know, the hand. Hopefully the hand holds up this time and. I don't break it or anything, and I can I can win the fight and then you know move on to Frank. You know I would like to uh, I would like to fight Dion in January, and then um, hopefully uh, I know the Montreal card's filling up pretty nicely. But the one right after that, I'd like for Frank and I to be on that card ready to fight. So despite the fact that Frank and he is coming off a loss to the champion, but you know you look spectacular. You're going to have a lot of buzz and a lot of momentum behind you. And let's be honest, there's no clear cut number one guy. At heavyweight right now in the UFC, you've got Overeem fighting Bigfoot, but you beat Bigfoot. And who knows what happens with Overeem. you got some other guys out there. You would rather fight me or a guy coming off a loss than maybe you know, one of those two, three guys to be right up there for a title shot. Well, I mean, I, I think by fighting Frank Mir, it doesn't eliminate you from a title sure, shot. Sure, sure. Honestly, I thought that if I fought Frank in November, I could ask for an immediate title shot because of the list of opponents I would have put in put back to back, you know, um, uh, and, and no knock on Dion. I, I just don't think, um, if I win that fight, it warrants me calling for an immediate title shot as I would have, if I would have beaten Frank Mir, who is a former UFC champion. So not based on Dion's fighting ability, but again, name recognition. I don't think I can ask for an immediate title shot after that fight. You don't think wins over Bigfoot and Barnett and the way you beat them? Warrant getting the oh, title yeah, shot think, by themselves. Dion is like well, icing think, on the cake. Well, I think it did, but then I think I think it needs to be. Um, well, you know, there's just a lot of ways, you know, to lose this fight. You know, uh -huh. like with Dion, you know, I could lose this fight. Um, Dion's a guy that actually can make fights look pretty bad. You know, he ties you up and he makes the fight ugly. You know, that's a way I could lose this fight. Just a number of ways to lose a lot of things in this fight, and. Uh, Ariel, don't play with your phone. Yeah, what's That's going true. on? People are calling oh, me in the middle. I tried to turn it off. I have a funny... <laughs> you would never guess who's calling me right now. Unbelievable. Anyhow, sorry about that. But um, it's just... it's just. Uh, I just think that when it comes to 
the organization and everything else. Um, I've got to beat a guy like Frank or a guy like Josh, for that matter, that actually held the belt before right. before you start uh, asking for title shots. Okay, so I know you hate this, but, I mean, it's right there. I mean, we are coming at a collision here. December 29th, your good friend Cain Velasquez is fighting for the title. What will you do if he wins? You win. What are you, you going to do? Hey, Daniel, I'm talking to you. Who are you talking to over there? I mean, you talk about being rude. Really? Oh, I'm talking to my girlfriend. She's actually over here making, like, uh, she has a, her uh, hand puppets that she uses with <laughs> our children. Okay. And she's going right behind me, right right behind the computer. She's trying to so. mess you up right now? Yeah, she, she doesn't... <laughs> She, uh, she could do she that. I, I love hand puppets. Does she want to? she want to get some? Oh, okay, fine. Um, no, but honestly, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Because because you know Nate Diaz said if he won the belt in uh, Seattle, Gilbert Melendez was going down to 145. Are you gonna do the same? Well, my first UFC fight is gonna be against Frank Mir, regardless of what happens. Okay. I mean, you know, so 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 then I, I've got a decision to make. You know, there's a lot of things. You know, I think. I think uh, the UFC's made it pretty clear that Alistair Overeem is the guy they want to fight next for the belt. I mean, that's, uh, you know, he was actually pretty close to getting a title shot after the suspension. Sure. So um, uh, there's some work to be done uh, for Kane and myself uh, before that actually becomes our reality. I mean, I could lose to Deion Starring. I could lose to Frank Mir afterwards, and I could be, you know, three, four fights away from a championship. Or I could win both of those fights. And then we really got a conversation to have, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, what happens then in that scenario? Well, as far I as mean, training, I think, well, I think it's a likely scenario, honestly. Yeah. Um, I expect Kane to win at the end of the year. And, and uh, I think Kane will beat Alistair Overeem, too, you know, or whoever is the, the, uh, the guy that fights him for the belt. And then, you know, what we do is we all get together as a group. My, uh, my management team, which is also Kane's management team, our training partners, coaches, uh, and we see where we go forward. Ideally, we would much ra- I would much rather not fight Kane, uh, as Kane has uh, said himself. Um, so uh, I would uh, I'd explore my options. One being uh, going down to the to the weight below. Here's a crazy scenario for you, and a very possible scenario. You win on January 12th. Two weeks prior to that, Kane Velasquez beats Junior Dos Santos. Right. A month mm-hmm. later. Bigfoot Silva beats Alistair Overeem, right? Cain Velasquez yes. already demolished Bigfoot Silva. You, my yes, friend, are and the, I did too. Let's you're not the, forget I did too. Of course. <laughs> you're the number one contender. Yeah. I mean, well, this, I mean that's, uh, we could be talking about this situation come February 3rd. This could be a very real situation come February 3rd. Well, I mean, you know, then that, that's a conversation that we all have to sit on and have. I mean, uh you know, again, um, it's not really our reality. You know, I, I like to kind of live in the here and now. You know, like right now, I've got to focus on getting past this fight. He's got to win this fight. And if Bigfoot Silva wins, you know, then we uh, we got some stuff to discuss. How's he looking? Kane. Yeah. Looking fantastic. He's looking as sharp as I've seen him in a really long time. Uh, and that's why the confidence level so high uh, for me. Because... As a, as a training partner, as a friend, and, and as a guy that actually does all of his wrestling, I haven't seen him look this good uh, since before we went to the Brock Lesnar fight. So he, he's sharp, man. Are you over the John Jones stuff? Well, not really. I mean, I would still like to fight John Jones if that became if I had that opportunity. But um, you got to kind of take a step back. You know, I I, uh, 
I fight at heavyweight, and obviously, uh, he, you know, I've got some work to do before I warrant getting to fight John Jones. But do you? I mean, I mean, <laughs> again, well, I mean, the Chael Sonnen thing, right? To him, right? According, according to, him, to him, right? You know, so. But you feel like he disrespected you? Well, I think I think there are a, a number of ways you can look at things, and and uh, by by saying that, you know, uh, what's it based on? You know, I've won every fight I've been in, and I've done everything everybody's asked me to do. So, um, in that sense, uh, a, a little. But I mean, he can look at it as as I'm disrespecting him by by calling him out over and over again when he's probably the number one and two fighter in the world, and you know, I, I uh, you know, I haven't really been fighting as long as or, or accomplished the things that he has but you know what man it's what is it based on what is it based on and and uh trust me ariel i tell you this with 100 percent uh confidence if i was ever offered that fight there would be no hesitation in signing the contract wow and you, you'd be ready willing able to to cut the weight right oh i do it i mean i i've actually uh been in training camp here and and uh i'm a month out from my fight and i've actually been lighter than I was even at the end of my training camp for the Barnett fight. So it's really good. Uh, is there something about John that you just don't like, or do you just like that matchup very much? Well, I think it's a great, I think it's a good matchup. And also I think he's the best. I mean, I really do think John Jones is the best. And as a competitor, I've always wanted to compete against the best. I mean, when I wrestled, I wrestled in the Olympic semifinals against a guy named Gonzalov from Russia, who was a Olympic champion and six time world champion. And there was nothing that got me as excited. You know, I never beat the guy. The guy beat me three times over the course of my career. But every time we wrestled, um, I felt like, okay, this is what I've trained for every day for, for the past year, two years, three years. So as I prepare for my fight with Dion, I'm preparing for uh, Junior Dos Santos. I'm preparing for John Jones because I always believe that if you prepare for the best guy, uh, everybody else is taking care of a the Josh Koscheck situation, the black cloud that was Koscheck, and I'm not saying this because he's a bad guy, but just that, that drama with the reality show and whatnot, has it gone away? Yeah, it's, it's done, man. You know, I think Josh has moved on. Um, we don't really know what's going on in terms of him getting scheduled for fights or anything, but he's moved on and we have. I mean, you got to re realize that um, in our gym right now, it's a really busy time. You know, we've got uh, Kane's fight on December 29th. Todd Duffy's fight on December 29th. Uh, Mike Kyle fights on January 12th with me. King Mo fights the following uh, two weeks afterwards. And then John Fitch fights yeah. right around Super Bowl. So it's a great time to be a part of AKA. And, uh, you know, there's no reason to be uh, worrying about what another guy's done because Josh has moved on, so we have to. Yeah, I was just about to mention that. It's an unbelievable stretch coming up for you guys, end of the year to February. I just want to ask you quickly about Todd Duffy. You mentioned him. Where's his head at? He's been a bit of a, an enigma, if you will. Do you, do you feel like he's he's putting it all together? You know, the thing about Todd is physically he's never had any issues. You know, physically, Todd Duffy is probably one of the most gifted guys that I've ever trained with or been around. You know, he's uh, he's strong. I make this joke that he has the strength of 10 men and the strength of, like, 80 hippies, you know, because he's so big and strong. But he... uh. He, he physically, he never had a problem. It's mentally, you know, and right now Todd seems to be in a pretty good place up top. And uh, the guy that he's fighting, Phil, um, is going to be in for a, a, a tough night if he's not very well prepared. Now, here's an amazing thing. I don't know if a lot of people know this, 
But come December 28th and December 29th, you and I, Daniel, you will have the honor of being called my colleague on Fuel TV. We'll be working together on the UFC 155 coverage. First things first, how are you going to be cornering Cain Velasquez and working on TV? Well, you see, that's my, uh, that, was, that was our dilemma. But, Ariel, okay, <laughs> I just got a couple suits oh, made because oh. I have to look great. Oh, yeah. By this great company, Belo Verde, two okay. free suits. Whoa. So uh, they're, uh, they're dressing me. And what I'm going to do is I, I made sure Cain Velasquez's walkout T-shirt matches my suit pants <laughs> so that I don't look like a complete fool walking to the cage and uh, then trying to rush back to the set. But I'm excited, man. This is something that I've wanted to do for a long time, and I'm, I'm very grateful to everybody at Fuel TV and the UFC for actually giving me a chance to do it. I've often said that you are the, one of the smartest minds in the game as far as analysts go. I'm so happy that they're finally giving you this opportunity to do it. I think you're going to do great. But, but honestly, how are you going to transition? I mean, on fight night, how are you going to take off the hat of being his friend and teammate? You know, it could happen. He could lose again. And then go there yeah, and no, speak I mean, honestly about his fight. Well, I mean, if you look back, you know, I had to do that before. You know, I, uh, I, I did a MMA Live on ESPN right before he fought the first time. And, and I gave my genuine idea of what I thought the fight was going to play out. And then Kane lost. And then I went back the following week and gave a fair assessment of what happened. Listen, if anybody can break down that fight, it's me because I'm so close to it. I'm at the cage. Sure. So imagine the experience. What guy has done that? You know, going from the cage and cornering a guy to go back and break down the the, uh, the the fight when it's fresh, you know. So the emotion you're going to get is uh, is, is going to be as real as anybody can can have, you know. So I think it's going to be great. Um, uh, I, I you know I have to be professional, you know. There's profession. You have to be professional, and and um, obviously, um, the people at Fuel TV feel that I can do that, and and I know I can, you know. Um, you said you're right. It, there is a chance Kane loses this fight, and if he does. I will have to hold my tongue so that I'm not trying to uh, choke Junior Dos Santos as he sits right next to me in a post-fight interview, I guess. Could be a cool moment, A, if Junior's sitting there and you call him out, or B, if Kane is sitting there and you call him out. You can't go wrong either way. <laughs> it's going to be – well, I mean, you know, when you look at the rankings and you see a guy that's actually that close myself to the belt, um, it, it, it's going to be pretty cool to actually see that guy right on set with the person that wins that belt. That's actually going to be a pretty cool moment. Um, I tell Kane, uh, I expect him to win on December 29th, so he's going to actually make me do something I never thought I'd have to do again, and that's cut weight. Wow. It sucks. Well, you know what? Um, how about you tell those guys who gave you the free suits to hook a brother up as well? Because, you know, I could use some free suits as well. Well, you're gonna, first thing you're going to have to do is say the name of the company. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, 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 can you say it again? Oh, Bello Verde okay. is a suit company. All right. Yes. You have to first say that. And then maybe, just maybe, I can get you a nice blazer to wear over your jeans because there's one thing you're not doing, and that's wearing a full suit, Ariel. I've seen you for the past four years. That's true. And it's always tennis shoes and jeans. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They're not tennis shoes. Those are real high-fashion Nikes. I mean, you're not going to play, you know, a couple of sets on the, the nearby court with those shoes, my friend. Ariel, I'm telling you one thing. Those <laughs> tennis shoes you wear, they would fit at the uh, – the, uh, What's the arena over in Brooklyn? Oh, don't even say the Barclays Center. <laughs> you can wear those at the Barclays because, hey, if those are high fashion, the Barclays Center is a high fashion, nice type of place. You know? Hey, I was there last like night. Garden. 
I was there at WWE uh, TLC, the pay-per-view, at the Barclays Center last night. Did you see me on TV? I was sitting what? front row. I didn't see you because I didn't watch it, man. I've kind of lost. I've kind of lost interest in it. You know, I go through these phases where for about a month I like it and then I get over it and then I don't know what's going on with it, man. I can't commit to the professional wrestling like I used to. I guess I'm getting too old. I know what you mean. I- I'm kind of out of it, but I have some friends there. I don't want to name drop, you know, the WWE champion, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But anyway, point being. Well, listen, listen, yeah. listen, listen. Okay. Eric, go ahead and say his name. <laughs> I mean, I see it on all your tweets anyway. Well, so you go know. ahead and say. Oh, I'm friends with CM Punk. Well, yeah. Say it later. No, it's okay. I'm not that kind of guy, you know. But I'm just saying, you know, you got to go support your friends. He's injured. So, you know, I was just there to, to offer moral support. Sure, I was hanging out backstage, but that's no big deal. Hey, Errol, I've done that too, bud. Trust me, I've done that too. I mean, Actually, I didn't uh, get to do it. I asked. Did you really do it? Because I would love to do it. One time, one time I was actually considering doing it after the 2004 Olympic Games. They had me as a guest, and uh, I got to go backstage with Kurt Angle. It was back when Kurt Angle was still the man, you know? Oh, yeah. It's cool. It's like, but it's I like... didn't do it. He told me to keep wrestling. Kurt yeah. actually told me to keep wrestling. He goes, because uh, WWF is going to be around. Or WWE is going to be around. He goes, so uh, you should try and become an Olympic champion. Wow. Good advice from Kurt. Yeah, I know. It was cool. Well, Daniel, we got to run. We've got Pat Barry uh, waiting for us, but uh, great to catch up with you. I look forward to working with you. First things first, December 28th and 29th on Fuel TV. Uh, that will be in Las Vegas. Then you got the big fight on January 12th. You got the, the Kane fight on December 29th, of course. Great things uh, for you and the family and the team over there at, at AKA. Happy holidays, and uh, I'll see you in Las Vegas in a couple of weeks. Hey, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Listen, I feel honored to be one of the last people on the very last show of the year, right? That, I mean, I listen. I did when you invited me. You, you've, you've, had, you've had a big year. You weren't as active as I would have liked, but uh, I will be there, by the way, in Oklahoma City for that fight, so don't let me down. No, you're not. No, you're not. That's impossible. You have never been. Hey, listen, do not. Don't <laughs> sit here and lie to me face-to-face. I, don't, I cannot. Last time I saw you in a strike force fight was when— um. Whenever uh, in Houston, Dallas, when Alistair fought Verdum, I haven't seen you since. Do yes. not lie to me, I, I was in Cincinnati in September, three months later. And I fought Bigfoot Silver? I was there, and we have an interview. No, you weren't, dude. Nobody was there. <laughs> Listen, I, that is true. No one was there, but I'll send you the interview. I was there. I was really there. And, uh, yeah, I, I remember that. I was I at Misha that. Tate, Ronda Rousey in March, and my friend, I will be there with my tennis shoes and my jeans January 12th in Oklahoma City. Hey, when you talk about fashion, listen, don't talk to me about fashion. You look at Rory McDonald. That's oh fashion. Oh, my God. Let's not get started. He, he, he knocks me off my feet, that guy. Gets me all sweaty that and whatnot. <laughs> all right, Daniel. Appreciate the time. Good luck to you. We'll see you very soon. All right, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. There he is. DC, Daniel Cormier joining us on the MMA Hour. Huge fight for him on January 12th in Oklahoma City. His, his backyard... The Chesapeake Energy Arena over uh, in Oklahoma City. That is, of course, the home of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, in a minute, we'll be joined by Pat Barry, who also had a a huge night on Saturday night. He defeated Shane Del Rosario. And uh, in my opinion, he had the post-fight interview of the year. And we have that clip, don't we, Isaac? We do have that clip. Just want to play a snippet of that. Uh, a fantastic moment from Pat Barry after he defeated Shane Del Rosario and actually made me quite emotional. Follow me on Twitter and whatnot about what happened. Oh, we don't have that. What are you talking about, Eric? 
We do have that. I sent it to you guys. We don't have it? It was on the list. Did you not cut it? I set it up so well. Okay. We don't have it? Well, there's Buzzkill. Rooting my buzz. Anyhow, if you missed it, um, uh, Pat Barry did the post-fight interview with Joe Rogan. Quite emotional, talking about wanting to go home, talking about his girlfriend, who he talked about at length and who you saw on this show last week. And uh, and I just thought it was very nice. Had some very nice things to say about what was going on in, in our country over the weekend. And um, I thought he summed up at least my feelings quite well. So in a minute, we'll be joined by Pat Barry. And then after Pat, we'll have... Prebeck, Puya Rebeck on the show in studio. And then after that, we'll take your questions and comments using the, uh, the MMA Hour hashtag. And we will also give away these two great prizes. We've got the Alistair Overeem Pride Edition over here. We've got the Tops Bloodlines over there. New York Rick saying, Pat Barry not picking up. No luck with Pat? Let's try one more time. Right? I'm still trying. Okay, okay. Um, well, while we try to get Pat recapping a few things going on in the MMA world right now, UFC announcing on Saturday uh, the UFC 158 card, George St. Pierre versus Nick Diaz. That's the UFC welterweight title fight. They went with Diaz. Rory McDonald versus Carlos Condit in the co-main event. And then Jake Ellenberger versus Johnny Hendricks, also on the same card. Six of the best welterweights in the world. Now, you can say Johnny Hendricks kind of getting the shaft here. But you know what? At the end of the day, here's what I have to say about the Johnny Hendricks situation. Certainly, he deserves it. In my opinion, he's number two. Knocking out Kentman the way he did, knocking out Fitch the way he did. He beat Josh Koscheck. Yes, it was somewhat controversial, but a win is a win. And that's a huge 12-month stretch for the man they call Big Rig. He's getting a, a great opponent in Jake Ellenberger. It is a bit of a weird situation for him because Jake did beat, um, excuse me, Catman beat Ellenberger. He beat Catman. Now he has to fight the guy that Catman beat. So it's not ideal. He wins this fight, though. Here's what, I mean, obviously he has to be number one contender. What I'm afraid of, though, is that he will have to wait even longer because I feel like the UFC is going to say to George St. Pierre, look, we did you this favor. We're giving you Nick Diaz. Now do us a favor and fight Anderson Silva. I still feel like the timing won't work. And Dana White says he does believe in his heart of hearts that Anderson will fight GSP at some point and John Jones. But let's say Michael Bisping wins on January 19th. I think they'll do the Bisping-Anderson fight. And then how long is, is GSP going to wait out? You know, I mean, how, how long is he going to sit there with Johnny Hendricks available as well? So I think Hendricks wins this fight. GSP wins this fight. They will meet up. It's a sucky situation because I think especially coming off the Benson-Henderson-Nick Diaz fight, Nate Diaz fight, excuse me, a lot of the interest and anticipation for the GSP Diaz fight, which by the way, on this very show, I actually said interests me more than GSP versus Anderson. But after seeing what Henderson did to Diaz, 
on December 8th. And even looking at the lines, like I think I saw them today. We have it up on MMA Fighting. GSP is like a minus 450, and um, Diaz is like a minus 3-something 30. That's a pretty big line for what was supposed to be the biggest welterweight fight in recent history, um, or at least welterweight title fight. I think some of the buzz has died down for that fight. Quite frankly, right now, I hate to keep flip-flopping, but I really truly think that the Hendricks fight, or at least Hendricks poses a bigger problem, at least right now, for, for GSP than Diaz. Still excited about the fight. Still think it's going to be a great fight. Still think that they put together a fantastic card. It appears as though the Sakara versus Kote fight is not going to happen because Sakara is not healthy. They they announced that on the broadcast, but Sakara is saying that he's not healthy. But still, I, I, I think with his skill set, with what he's done on his feet, with what he's done with his wrestling, I still feel like, at least now, the more I think about it, the Hendricks fight, or at least what Hendricks brings to the table, is, is more troubling for GSP than what Diaz brings to the table. It could be wrong. I guarantee you my anticipation for the fight is going to go through the roof as we approach March 16th. It's happening in Montreal. That's huge. Uh, Dana White also saying... Dana White also saying that uh, Michael Bisping likely will face Anderson Silva if he wins on January 19th. We've heard this before, but to me, if you look at that division, he is now the last man standing as far as top contenders. Weidman's injured. He'll have to fight someone else upon his return. Maybe someone like a Lombard. Maybe he'll fight Tim Boach if he wins. Not sure if he'll fight Philippou, but I think he'll have to fight someone else. Belcher... You know, he's going into a big fight against Okami on December 29th, but it doesn't feel like he has a lot of momentum behind him, which is surprising because he looked so good in that Husimar Palhares fight on March, uh, what was that, May 5th or something uh, in New Jersey. So he, I think, may need one more. Maybe you do Weidman versus Belcher if he wins, and that's your number one contender fight after Bisping fights Anderson. But I think with Bisping being in in the UFC for so long, you know, he's fought the top guys. Yes, he's lost some of those top fights. And let's not forget, you know, his winning streak right now is one. He, he has one fight in a row that he's won. Lost to Chael Sonnen. Then, you know, he, he, he went out and, and beat Brian Stan in September. He was supposed to fight in July. That didn't happen. So he fought Brian Stan in September. And that was it. Dana White even thought that he lost. But I think that it's time to give Bisping the title shot if he wins. I think it would be a huge fight, obviously, in Brazil. Huge fight in England. So I think that the middleweight division is kind of playing itself out. And I think that's fair. I think it's fair that, that if he wins, he should get the title shot. So we're still trying to get Pat Barry. No sign of him. Did I give you, did I give you the right number? Should I check? Hmm. Your quick's all of a sudden very shy. Um... I want to say two more things before we, uh, I guess, no Pat Barry. That's kind of weird. Um, a lot of people complaining about the Ronda Rousey situation, that she's in the main event of UFC 158. What did you expect? She's the champion. Since when does the UFC not put the champion in the main event? Very rare that they'll ever do that, if ever. Did it a couple times in Strike Force, but in the UFC, she's the champion. How crazy would it be to put the champion in the very first UFC women's title fight, the very first women's fight in UFC history, and you put her in the co-main event, I mean, what kind of a, 
uh, of a of a nod, what kind of support would that be to women's MMA? Sure, we have our issues with how it's being introduced, and everyone's saying it's a Ronda Rousey show. Dana White being very honest about that, but you knew they were going to put her in the main event. You knew that they would put her on top of Henderson Machida. Yes, that's a great fight, but you've got to put the title over. You've got to put the, the title on the mountaintop there. What some people are questioning, and I agree with them on this, is that Rousey versus Carmouche, Rousey versus anyone in her first fight should probably have been on free television, even if it was FX. Even if it's, I mean, Fox would be the ideal scenario. There are a lot of people who have not watched Showtime, a lot of people who have not watched Strike Force, who have not followed Rousey. There are a lot of just UFC fans, believe it or not. And I think putting her on free television would have made a whole lot of sense. I'm putting her in the main event of a pay-per-view. There is some cachet involved in that. There's there's a rub that you're getting. But I think that putting her against Carmouche, and let's be honest, a lot of people think she's going to be Carmouche on free television, have her do whatever she does, and there's a lot of pressure on her, and then you build off that to pay-per-view against either Tate, McMahon, Cyborg. That, to me, feels like the ideal scenario. Didn't work out. They want to get her out there. I don't blame them for that. But I, I, I think it, it, my takeaway from the Rousey situation was, yes, 100% she should be in the main event, maybe not on pay-per-view. So no sign of Pat Barry, right? Nope, still voicemail. For God's sakes. Okay, let's play that quick clip. Do we have uh, Prebeck? In, is he here? Yes, sir. Okay, let's just play that quick clip because I promised it about uh, what Pat Barry had to say. At least we could hear from him in some form. Maybe we get him after Prebeck. We'll keep trying. But here's Pat post-fight, a, a quick snippet of what he had to say, which to me was one of my favorite and most touching moments of 2012. Oh, emotional as always. I'm here with the winner, one of the most exciting heavyweights on the planet, Pat Barry. Pat, you're very, very emotional right now. Tell me what's going through your mind. This is a huge, huge victory for you. Man, it's been a, it's a, it's a rough, it's a rough ride uh, coming out here. Anybody who says they don't get nervous before a fight is a liar, or oh, they've never been hit in the head, man. It's just been a lot of ups and downs. I woke up yesterday to the worst text message I ever got about the incident yesterday. Uh, hey, if you've got kids, hug them like as if it's the last day. Go hug your parents. Go hug your best friends. And if you have any beef with anybody from 10 years ago that's over nothing, man, tell them you're sorry and you love them because you never know what's going to happen, man. Joe, I really want to go home, man. Rose, I'm coming home. I'm going to hug you for 15 hours straight. That's beautiful, man. Listen. <laughs> this is it. So there you have it. I mean, how can you not love Pat Barry? I can't be mad at him for not showing up. I, I know he has a good excuse. Hopefully we could get him before we go for a couple minutes to talk about the win and his emotions and knocking out Shane Del Rosario. We'll, we'll try our best to do that. For now, we'll take a quick break. We'll bring in Prebeck in studio to do his thing. And in between that, let's hear from Dana White did his uh, traditional post-fight scrum. This video, courtesy of MMAFightCorner.com, our good friends over there, they're doing great work. Check them out. This is Dana White's post-fight scrum after the Tough 16 finale. He talks a bit about Rousey, talks about GSP Diaz, talks a bit about Michael Bisping. Hopefully we get to all of that. In a minute, we'll be back on the other side of things, and we'll have Prebeck in studio. You are watching the MMA Hour on MMAFighting.com.
St. Pierre wanted. George St. Pierre said, I really feel like I have unfinished business with Diaz and I'd like to fight him. You know, you knew the fight that we wanted to make. I mean, take Hendricks out of the right. deal. We, we, were gonna, we wanted to make that fight anyway. So, um, I mean, I hate... I hate talking about shit before it happens, but what we're working on right now is we got those two. Um, we got Condit and um, Condit and who do we got? Condit and McDonald. Thank you. Okay. And now we're working on Hendricks and Ellenberger. I think they announced that tonight too. So they did. Yeah. <coughs> well, there you go. What was the talk like with Hendricks? I mean, obviously Ellenberger is a great opponent, you know, top ranked as well. But you know, he, he kept saying he wanted to wait and want all that. You wait, you do, the, you do the Rashad Evans thing where you're out for, you don't know what the hell's going to happen, especially these days. Right. If I'd have told you fucking three years ago that, hey, guys can keep getting injured and then you could get injured and you could be out for almost two years, you'd think I was crazy, but it's a reality. It happens all the time. Frig I mean, tonight we lost a guy during the fight at 5 o'clock, you know. Um, Varner started throwing up like the exorcist back there, and he still wanted to fight, and uh, the doctor wouldn't let him. So. 55, yeah, that fight, that fight will happen. Just he also said that if he moves, uh, if he fights Anderson, he needs to, he's not going to do it just for, for one fight. He's going to... Right, he'll stay at 85. Right, that's what he said, but we'll see. You know, the guy's never asked us for anything. He's an awesome champion. He does anything we ask of him, and he asked us for a favor. So he wants to fight Diaz. Not like people don't want to see it, so... Do you worry at all about, you know, hijinks with Nick? I mean, obviously he's still under suspension right now, and, you know, he no-showed and all that last time. Yeah, there's, there's, no, uh, <laughs> there's no guarantees with Nick Diaz. That's it. Yeah. So you made a little, a little concern. Well, I got nine welterweights on the show that are all in the top <laughs> five, so if he falls out, we'll still have a GSB fight. A few. Morning, I believe, uh, don't be surprised if Nick Diaz holds out for more money. Was there any kind of <laughs> that? He's got a fucking contract. How do you hold out for more money when you got a contract? Have you spoken with Hendricks at all, and what's his take on this? And is he obviously a little bit frustrated with the, uh, I guess, signing of Nick Diaz with GSP? I, I'm, I don't know if he is or he isn't, um, but uh, George St. Pierre is the champion. Champ wants to fight Diaz. He can be as frustrated as he wants to be. When he's got the belt, you know, and, and defends it and breaks records as long as George St. Pierre then, then I might listen to him. Would he maybe be next in line if G GSP can handle Diaz and uh, he does actually win the fight? Would Hendricks maybe be the next contender there? Yeah, Hendricks is definitely a, a, a contender right now. And, and yes, he'd be next in line. I, mean, I guess the critics or the supporters of Hendricks say, hey, you know, the UFC is starting to make fun fights or fan fights instead of really recognizing the number one contender uh, because, you know, Hendricks is on that nice win streak. Listen, the UFC didn't do that. The champ did. The champ called him out and wanted to fight him. So the UFC didn't do it. The guy who holds the belt did. That's who he asked us to fight. And like I just said, when somebody goes on a run as long as George St. Pierre has and does what he's done for the sport and for that division and everything else, they ask for, for a fight that they want, then they'll get it too. I have to agree with him. That would be the more popular fight with Diaz. I think the Hendricks fight's a popular fight too. I mean, this guy's been skidding people across the octagon when he hits them. It's a very interesting fight. Um, so it's, it's not a bad thing. The Diaz fight is absolutely a popular fight that people want to see. I think the Hendricks fight is, too. Who's the winner of uh, Rory and Condit? Where, where does that put them in the title picture? In the mix. A lot of people are thinking this throws cold water on GSP Anderson Silva, that maybe GSP is resisting by not you know wanting that fight. What do you think? I mean, you said you is. think it's going to happen. Yeah, well, he just had a really tough fight. He's been off for almost two years. He had a hard fight with Carlos Condit, you know, and, and maybe he looks at, 
Diaz is an easy fight for him. I don't know why. I can't speak to that. George can speak uh, on why he picked Diaz. Maybe he just wants it. You know, he was really upset with a lot of things that Diaz said and did. And, um, you know, I'm sure it's a combination of everything, but I can't honestly say that he knows the answer to that, not me. Are you concerned at all that GSP Anderson might not happen now because of this development, or do you still feel positive about it? No, I'm not. I honestly believe, I truly believe, obviously he's got to get through Diaz now and, and possibly Hendricks. Who knows how this is all going to play out? But I honestly believe that before Anderson Silva retires, he will fight George St. Pierre and um, John Jones. That's why he went. Anderson didn't go there because he's a huge George St. Pierre fan and wanted to watch him fight. He went there to watch the fight to see if his fight was going to happen. Does what hurt us? How did it hurt us? Get over it. We thought it might happen, and then it didn't. If that fucking hurts your feelings, too bad. <laughs> Danny, can you talk about the decision to put Ronda in the headliner of a, of a pay-per-view? I think a lot of us thought maybe Fox, you know, free TV, people will tune in for the curiosity factor. You're asking fans to pony up 55 bucks for the curiosity of seeing women in the UFC, right? Yeah, well, it's not, hey, pony up 55 bucks and, and let's be curious. She's the champ. You will never see a, a situation in any fight, whether man, woman, uh, the lightest weight division it is. If you're the champion, you're, you're the headliner. You're, you're the top of the card. Um, you know, and, and I, I've seen some people talking shit about, uh, oh, the women's fight headline. And Ronda Rousey's badass. She's the champ. Um, her opponent stepped up to the plate and wanted this fight with her when others didn't. I don't give a shit what they say. Um, that's a fact. And there's a great card underneath it. Um, so, you know, it, it's a great night of fights, no matter who's headlining. Speaking, she deserves to be the headliner. Speaking of that card, Dan Henderson, Leota Machida, uh, you had said that Henderson may not be able to go and that maybe uh, Gustafson steps in for him, but then Gustafson has the 180-day suspension. Um, is there any new news going on with that fight and the status of Dan Henderson? Yeah, so Dan Henderson said his knee's getting better every day, and he feels like he'll be able to, to, to be in that show. Um, and then as far as Gustafson, you know, they, they put him on those suspensions, um, but if a doctor says they're okay, they can fight. You admitted the women's division is a bit of an experiment. You said, you know, kind of dipping your toe. Can you evaluate after one event? I mean, it, can you determine success or fail after that fight card, or is, do you have to go a little bit further? you gotta, you got to keep going with it. That's like saying, what, what people don't realize is there was a time and a day when we put the 55-pound division and headlined it with the title fight, and people said, can't headline a, a title fight. B.J. Penn and Jens Pulver as a title fight. Uh, headlining, this is ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. B.J. Penn became one of the biggest stars in mixed martial arts and a huge pay-per-view draw. Would you ever consider doing an ultimate fighter for women to help expand the 135 division? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if we would do a women. We might do the women coaches as coaches. Listen, I'm looking at Ronda and all the other 135-pound women just the same way I look at the guys. They're UFC fighters, and they, you know, they deserve all the recognition and perks and all the other things that go along with the men. I mean, everybody keeps asking me all this crazy shit. It's not fucking 1920, guys. There's women fighting in the UFC. There's a woman who's a champ. She's mean. She's nasty. She's badass. And there's other girls in that division that are tough. 
and, and there's fights out there that are interesting. And I'm going to treat them the way I treat the guys. No different. So what is next for Anderson Silva now that that fight is off with GSP? Does he get a shot at Bisping if Bisping beats Belfort? Yeah, if Bisping wins, Bisping will probably get that next shot. If not, we'll see what happens. Will we see other women's fights that don't involve Ronda Rousey? I mean, will you try to fill out that division a little bit? Well, yeah, if I have a 135-pound division, I can't just have Ronda fighting all the girls. I mean, the girls have to fight and, and, uh, and uh, work their way up at a shot to fight Ronda or whoever wins that title. I guess a lot of people interpreted when you when you said, hey, I admit this is the Ronda Rousey show, people thought that that meant she was going to be the only one that was featured against whoever's next, but that's, that's not the case. That's fucking stupid. That's the fucking stupidest thing I've ever heard. When, that, when it, You know, last time people were saying, she sounds like this is the Ronda Rousey show. I said, you're fucking right, it's the Ronda Rousey show. She is a huge star. You know, she gets more media than anybody else out there, and she's the reason that I was interested in doing this. She is mean, she is nasty, and she likes to finish people. But, yeah, I, I'm... All right, back on the MMA Hour. Uh, Ariel Hawani here on this uh, Monday afternoon here in New York City, December 17th. Thank you very much to the good people at MMAFightCorner.com for that clip of the Tough 16 Dana White post-fight scrum. You can see the entire clip on our site, on their site, MMAFightCorner.com. So as I mentioned, uh, this is our last show of 2012 and one of our most beloved guests of the year, at least the funniest guest of the year, I must say, was uh, the man who is joining us in studio right now. He is known, at least to you online, as Prebeck. Full name, Puya Rebeck. He is the man who does all the great MMA fighter impersonations, and he joins us right here, right now, in studio. Puya, how are you? Pleasure to be here, Ariel. I'm, I'm sad that Pat Barry's not here. I was ready to do a couple lines for him. Oh, well, we may get that opportunity now. You, Maybe if we do. Yeah. You need to talk up uh, <laughs> yes, uh, the, the microphone. <laughs> I know you're used to the computer. Yeah, damn. Um, but yes, Pat Barry went MIA. I was hoping that maybe we could play some we'll get, tricks we'll on We'll get him back on, and then right. we'll... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got something for him? Yeah, I got some funny lines about his most recent knockout. Oh, against Shane yeah. Delazario. Very impressive. Great fight. Great fight. Now, uh, how has your life changed, Puya, since you've been on this show? I can imagine it's Paparazzi. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's been... No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's been just a really good YouTube channel. I'm partnering up with a guy named Will up in Canada. Um, he does my animations, helps me with ideas. Our channel is getting a lot of subscribers. Being on your show last time helped a lot, so we have a lot of fun ideas. Someone in Brazil told me that one of the most famous like TV personalities in Brazil, this guy has like 700,000 Twitter followers, tweeted just like a week ago the video this of you on this show. Yeah. Oh, the video of me on the show? Yeah. Oh, okay. It was very random. And, this was uh, like a week ago, you said? It was maybe like two, three weeks ago. Oh, uh, okay. Some random guy wondered if you had a spike. But you are now partnering with SB Nation, right? You're now part of the family. Yeah, I'm part of the same family. And um, they helped me make my channel look more professional. And um, so maybe they'll get me, I don't know, sponsorship. Like wow. U.S. Marine Corps. No, wow. I'm just kidding. Mio I'm just kidding. Energy. <laughs> Mio Energy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and you have these animations now. You're really stepping things up. Here, yeah. you, you mentioned Will. How did you team up with this guy? Because the animations are incredible. Yeah, Will had his own channel, um, and he still does. It's called Fight Arts Fandom. He made these summary videos of the events after they happened. So he made a video of Diaz Condit summarizing how all the cancellations, injuries, how it led to that. Really good animations, really good artist. So I thought if I could just focus on the voices and he could do the drawings, the art, then we could you know, team up 
and make really elaborate videos. And um, so I messaged him um, after he posted one of his first videos. I said, let me do the voices. Uh, and he said, well, show me some samples. So I oh. posted a sample video, no animations. I'm not good at animation. So I posted a sample video, black and white, really boring. Uh, but the, he liked the voices are funny. And that's the video that you, you tweeted. Um, I think JDS tweeted it. And um, then I thought, wow, I, maybe I can do this on my own. Yeah. So I made like 15 videos. And um, at, it got to a certain point after the Henry Gracie video that I thought, I can't. There's no way I can post videos regularly and do what I want to do mm -hmm. uh, visually. So uh, now we teamed up, and um, we just have a bunch of great ideas. And anything we want to happen, we can make it happen on the screen now. Uh, so you used to do those sort of sketch animations, yeah, which were still very good. They're they're pretty good, but I mean, it took a long time, and I was sort of I was tracing around real images so they looked very real okay but it was me in photoshop tracing around real images in black and white people call it like pencil sketches uh -huh. um so they're pretty good uh but this is very authentic he does it all by hand and he can do anything really yeah unbelievable the diaz stuff i mean we'll get we'll get into that i'm, I'm just wondering um a lot of people ask me this after your last appearance what exactly do you do by the way like how are you able to come here on a monday afternoon <laughs> Well, I used to work in finance for five years. Oh. I didn't like it. I went back to school okay. uh, for a while um, at NYU studying information technology, and it was a computer science program. I didn't like that very much, but just after I started that program, maybe like a few months after, I started posting these videos, um, taking some web development classes part-time. But now I think I can really do something with this. If I oh. get a video out every week... Um, this is your gig. I really think I really think there's enough of a demand yeah, for, yeah, yeah. for this to, to do it. Um, in no other sport, I think would this be possible? If I did like Kobe Bryant impressions, sure, or Derek Jeter, no one would watch. And you can't search on YouTube. You can't find much like basketball impressions. Sure, but I think the following is strong enough for MMA that. Uh, the demand is big enough that we could actually make a living doing this. Absolutely. It is a very passionate community. Yeah. I you know, have thrived off that and am yeah. a product of that, and uh, they definitely support you. So it's yeah. great. It's great that you're... And the characters, the, the personalities. Oh. Like, you don't have a Quentin Jackson sure. in, in any other sport. I saw you do some tennis ones and things like that, but I think MMA is, is the way to go. Yeah, I made a tennis video imitating like Federer, Djokovic. They have millions of Twitter followers. Way more than any MMA fighter, but it got like 5,000 views. Sure, impossible to sort of break through that wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so this kind of reminds me of like when Seinfeld was on The Tonight Show for the first time. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not comparing <laughs> this to The Tonight Show as far as MMA is concerned, but if you want to, go ahead. Uh, but this is big. You in studio. We've never had a comedian, if you will. Do you consider yourself a comedian? On Facebook, yeah, I'm listed. Oh, very nice. My fan page is a comedian. I only have you have a fan page? I only have 100 uh, something That's followers. Awesome, <laughs> What's the uh, the address if people uh, want to go? Facebook.com, Puya Rebeck, P-O-U-Y-A-R-E-B-E-K. Why did you go with Prebeck? It seems like it's a good nickname for you. Because Prebeck's my real Facebook. Oh, oh, my, my, oh. My actual gotcha. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. All right. So what we're going to do here is I'm sort of going to interview characters, and you're going to respond as the characters. Yes, you're going to imitate yourself. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that, that is true. I'm going to imitate myself, the only one that I can really imitate. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, I could use, as I mentioned to you, I can use a good laugh sure. here. So uh, I'm very happy that, uh, that you are here, and, uh, and hopefully we can have a good time like last time. All right, here we go. We're going to start with my countrymate 
from Montreal, Quebec, Canada, George St. Pierre, who, of course, came off that big win on uh, November 17th, UFC 154. All right, here we go. Okay. All right. George, considering the major knee surgery that you just went through, has this year been the most oh, – has this been your most difficult fight camp? Uh, to tell you the truth, uh, it was easy for me because I believe in pain. I don't believe in the, the pleasure. Uh, I make sure that my uh, I make sure that my camp is always very painful. That's why I train in the, the freezing cold, and that's why I have no sex during my camp, not even with my aunt. And I make sure that I don't have any uh, wet dreams either. Uh, to tell you the truth, I haven't had sex since my first fight with Matt Serra. Uh, so the last five years has been very, very painful. <laughs> oh, gosh. By the way, have any of these guys ever come up to you and been upset about these? Uh, That's the last brunch you want. Oh, the <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I've noticed you've become a little X-rated as of late. you got to keep the attention. Yeah, you, you know? do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So none of these guys upset, right? Um. Not that I'm upset. I gotta imagine the Diaz brothers. I mean, oh yeah. Well, speak. That's a very good segue. Because speaking of the Diaz brothers, <laughs> Nick is up next. All right, here we go. Nick Diaz. Nick, do you feel as though you are appreciated as a fighter? Uh, no, I'm not. No. Uh, <laughs> here they have me fighting every two months. You know, throwing me in a fight after fight after fight, <laughs> fighting for free, not getting paid. What I want to get paid, anyways. <laughs> Here, I got to sleep in the back seat of my car. You know what I mean? Meanwhile, they're putting me up against these guys throwing spinning back fish shit, kicking me in my lead leg. That's not a fair fight. You know what I mean? They got all these, all these systems, organizations, rules, regulations, point scoring shit. You know what I mean? I, I don't have time to keep track of that. It's just, it's a long story, man. I, I'm just, you know, whatever, dude. I'm done with this interview. I'm done. <laughs> Nick has developed into one of your best ones. Thank you. Unbelievable. That that was people like my Nate more. I think. Oh really? Yeah. Why? Uh, I don't know. They're do you want to freestyle some Nate for us? He's not on the list here. Uh, you want me to do it at the very end? Yeah. Uh, right now? Okay. Oh, at the very end. Okay, yeah, let's do it at the Is very that end. Bonus I, I have some bonuses <laughs> for you. I'm putting them on my list here. Okay. Make sure you ask Nate. Um, okay. Well, here's Pat Barry, uh, because he wasn't on the show, but at least we get him in this form here. Pat H.D. Barry. All right, Pat. People seem to be underestimating Crow Cop as of late. But going into this fight, you obviously respected his skills. Am I right? Uh, I've seen the things he's done to men, and it is scary. It's whack. Uh, I don't want it to happen to me. <laughs> my name is H.D. It means hype or die. And I've just, I've just hyped him up just so much in my head that I'm going to go in there and just die. Guaranteed. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to let him submit me, but hopefully in two weeks, We'll be singing songs together in his car in Croatia. Just, just two handsome men grappling together all day in the gym, singing songs together in the car ride home, possibly even showering together. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I never even knew that was his nickname. I HD? knew HD. I didn't know it stood for Hyper Die. Oh, it's, yeah, it's his Twitter handle. Yeah. Hyper I never even put two and two together. People think it means high definition. Yeah. Or, uh, but I think he should change it to 1080p, just to confuse people That's... more. <laughs> All right, there he is, Pat Barry. At least he joined us uh, in some kind of form. Okay, this is one of my all-time favorites here, and it's a two-parter. Okay, that's right. Vitor Belfort, the phenom who faces uh, Michael Bisping on January 19th in Brazil, and I see you have a problem. 
Homemade. 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 You actually homemade? Wow. You <laughs> I, made painted, that I painted it. I painted it. Oh, my God. This guy's unbelievable. The Boney SIE hat, which I tried for the first time in Brazil recently. You did? Fantastic. I was going to buy one. It's like you can't find it. You can't find them, but it's unbelievable. If you're ever in Brazil, I highly, I can't believe you made that <laughs> on your own, and it's very accurate. Boney SIE. I didn't want copyright SIE. infringement, so I didn't put the Boney. Oh, you're very smart. All right. Here we go. Vitor Belfort. What... <laughs> What are 10 words that come to mind when you look back on your career so far, Vitor? Uh, I can't do it in 10 words. I need 20. I've been, uh, I've been hit in the head too many times, so I bought some cards to help me remember. <laughs> Here we go. Pleasure. <laughs> Buddy. Old dinosaur. Young lion. <laughs> Tired goat. <laughs> Hungry pig. Blood. God. Oops. God. Sorry, God. The new breed. Old school. Mentality. Job. Jesus. Journey. High level. Disneyland. And sex. Okay, now we're going to try to uh, use all the words and uh, make a poem out of that. I started in the UFC as a young lion, feeling like a hungry pig when I win, like a tired goat when I lose, fighting hard like an old dinosaur in my last fight against the new breed, competing every time at a high level with an old-school mentality, enjoying the journey the whole time, like I'm a kid in Disneyland, <laughs> buying a Christmas present for Jesus and giving a high-five to God. <laughs> you didn't use buddy, pleasure, or sex in that, uh, in that poem. Uh, bro, uh, having sex after a fight is a true pleasure, buddy. <laughs> That is just that. I, I, Vitor needs to see that someday. We need to make that happen. Get him on. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. I think I'm getting like heart palpitations or something here. Jeez. I'm crying. <laughs> I have a cold. A lot of mucus coming out of me right now. All right. Let's move along. Uh, so we're going to hear from Daniel Cormier for the second time on this show. We just heard him moments ago. DC, they call him. Daniel, we all know your official nickname is DC, but your real nickname among the fans is Black Fedor. How do you feel about that? Well, you know, they love to call me Black Fedor, and that's fine. <laughs> I got to admit, the resemblance is pretty uncanny. Sometimes I sit down and I uh, look at the footage of myself chopping wood outdoors <laughs> And I say, holy shit, you know what? They got a point. I'm pudgy. I'm black. I'm a middleweight fighting as a heavyweight. I can't seem to get in the UFC. I am Black Fedor. It's pretty cool. I got to be honest with you, Ariel. <laughs> yeah, she just texted me while you were talking right there. Not about this, about something else. Uh, I never heard you do Daniel Cormier. It's That's a, a brand new. Brand deb new. World debut. <laughs> Another... it's, not, it's not my best, but... No, no. I, 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 you heard it? Yeah, I heard it. I okay, heard okay, it. Okay, okay. Uh, another relatively new one is a very good friend of the show, The Energy. Oh, yeah. Yes. Right. Um, I actually was at a uh, pro wrestling event, which I mentioned many times on this show. His fiance was there. She's a wrestler oh, as well. Eve. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. So here he is, Henner Gracie, 
back on the MMA Hour. Henner, I don't know if you know this, but I'm a sensitive guy. A lot of people know this. Uh, I used to get... (laughs) By the way, he wrote this, not me, but it's very accurate. Uh, I used to get teased uh, a lot when I was a kid, and I'm wondering if you can do any sort of bully-proofing for me. Arrow, what you don't seem to understand (laughs) is that you're still getting picked on by alpha males like Rampage Jackson and Czech Congo. But you don't need to sit here and take it. If you sign up for Gracie Academy, Hiro and I will give you step-by-step instructions and tutorials on how to deal with them using leverage, timing, patience, pressure, balance, energy, efficiency, and drinking lots of Red Bull. Act now. Because Hiro and I, we're not going to keep these videos online forever. No. Imagine all that secret knowledge available online. That would be crazy. But today... For Toby's payments of $19.95 a month, Ariel, you too could learn and become the most dangerous beta imaginable. Dang. <laughs> I could sell anything. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was an amazing one. I love Henry Gracie. All right. Here we go. We've got Alistair Overeem, the demolition man, the Reem. He returns to action on February 2nd against Bigfoot Silva. So, Alistair, you're coming off uh, a very long layoff, and it has been... Uh, I'm wondering if it's been tough adjusting to fight camp and sort of getting back into the swing of things. Well, particularly when it comes to eating, I have been having problems. Um, Sometimes I eat food as I fall asleep, and then I forget to finish chewing. (laughs) And uh, I wake up and I have uh, a mouthful of beef in my mouth. (laughs) But I don't know. I think that uh, it's a blessing in disguise because then I can wake up and seamlessly begin eating again. Uh, I eat breakfast when I wake up and I make sure it includes cow beef, horse beef, uh, pig beef, fish beef, rat beef, any beef, really, anything and everything in the beef family. And I make sure I follow my two breakfasts immediately after by lunch and dinner because, uh, I don't know, I don't like to break up my day with all these goddamn meals. (laughs) When you're big, like me, you have to stay eating constantly. When you're scrawny, like you, it's hard to get big. You cannot. You cannot. Except for the nose. Maybe you can get the nose a little bit bigger. I have a big nose, too. Oh, yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> oh, wow. I love how you say everything. That's just Everything. The, everything. Uh, on the, on the, <laughs> I'll never forget when he was on the show and he said, uh, goodbye 20, hello 30. When it was his birthday. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. How are you doing there? Are you feeling good? good? I'm good. feeling great. We're at the halfway yeah. point. Sort of. Actually, we're past the halfway point. Mm. But uh, we move along here. We welcome in the man who lost to Roy McDonald on December 8th, UFC on Fox 5. New York Rick's favorite. His favorite. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. So he's, he liked my impression last time, right? He's still very, uh, <laughs> he's still very distraught over the loss, the beatdown against Roy McDonald. But here we go. Oh, BJ... Obviously a tough loss for you against Rory McDonald, but you said you had a great training camp. So what exactly went wrong for you out there against Rory? You know what, Ariel? I used to think uh, the best way to train for a fight was to jump out of swimming pools, uh, run on the ocean floor carrying a rock, uh, play a lot of Street Fighter (laughs) 2. I thought it was a winning formula, but uh, Faraz and those guys up at the TriStar gym, they figured me out. I can't stand those guys, man. But... Can I say something real quick? This man over here, everyone at home watching this from BJPen.com, follow <laughs> this man right here at New York Rick. New York Rick, just want to say, you stood by me. 
I want to thank you. I'm going to make it up to you. Mahalo. <laughs> wow. I think you just gave him like his, his greatest <laughs> moment ever. That's the closest he'll ever get to talking to BJ. How was that, New York Rick? I'm fighting back tears. Emotional and maybe some comic And happy tears as well. Uh, all right. This one, when you put this one on the list, you're. I, 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 I've never heard you do this, man. Is this, this is a, a new one, too. This is a, a world exclusive. It's a yeah, debut, yeah, yeah. Wow. When he put Valid Ishmael on the list, What'd you think? I, I, I was like, this really piqued my interest because he is one of the true great characters of our sport. I was worried that people didn't uh, know him. No, no, no. If they watch the show, they know who he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've talked about him. He's great in uh, Eric Silva's corner. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got some other great guys. A true legend of Brazilian MMA. If you don't know Valid, you're missing out. So here we go. Valid Ishmael making his debut on the MMA Hour right now. So, Valid, do you think Eric Silva will be able to come back from his tough loss <laughs> to John Fitch? The people, the people see him fight. The people see him give the heart the mind, the blood. He's going to shoot the blood in his opponent's eye. Do you understand? Everywhere you look, left, right, he's covered in blood. He's feel, he's feel ready for this. He's ready to do well in MMA. MMA, he is the big sport in the world. Eric Silva showed this. You understand? It's all thanks to Dana White. Then I write, without him, we have nothing. Then I write, for you, I would kill my son. Faca la cavera, it means with stick knife in his skull, as we say in Brazil. You understand? Then I write, I would donate my heart for you. Rip it out with my hands, covered in blood. Is a, is a dream come true for all the people, all the audience. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> I can't breathe. Oh, my God. That is your greatest one of all time. <laughs> really? Holy moly. That's my mom's favorite one, too. Oh, my God. You do these for your mom? Yeah, she loves it. She's uh, learned about the UFC. She would have never, obviously, watched. But now she knows Waleed. Can you believe it? Oh, my God. <laughs> I, that one was unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> I think you, sh you should leave after that. There is no way. Oh, my God. We can't. You can't not do Anderson Silva. Of course, of course. Yeah, I'm not kicking you out. But wow. That was kudos, my man. Thank you, you. You, nailed, you nailed that, man. Wow. When did you realize? Like, is, this one came late to you. The, the, your Wally interviews are my favorite oh, um, my interviews because he's, he's, like, giving you high fives. He's, he's smiling. He's, like, making this face. He is the most interesting guy. You know, uh, I, I was wondering if you were going to go the Dana White route, and you nailed it. That's amazing, because he always gives him props. Oh, yeah. He yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, my yeah, gosh. Yeah. That one was unbelievable. I could listen to that. <laughs> I'd rather interview you as him than the actual guy. All right, here we go. You mentioned Anderson Silva, the king himself. Oh, wow. I need to compose myself here. Whew. That, really, that actually really hurt me. I, like, I couldn't <laughs> breathe there for a second. All right, Anderson Silva, here we go. Anderson, congrats on the victory. Another easy win for you. That's 16 in a row now. What does this win, though, mean for you? Uh, I'm happy. I'm happy. All the peoples, the China, the Korea, America, England, Brazil, this is the big sport. This is the big sport. All the great athletes in UFC working hard. Give respect. 
different countries of the world. <laughs> the shell, the shell Sonic, he not working. He have the big problems. But UFC is the big company. UFC is the big sport, the big. I have the Burger King, the Coca-Cola, the Nike. It's the big money for me. I'm happy. I'm the best. BJ Penn, he not the best. I'm the best. Wow. That's bold. That's well. Anderson has to retire as the, the best. B, the BJ. Uh, it's enough of that, right? Compliments. I mean, he loves BJ, but yeah. I thought it'd be interesting to make him <laughs> claim that he's the best. You nailed it. I, I actually <laughs> think that your your Anderson got better. Think so? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was it was too high at first. I think I made it a little bit. But high. you also nailed like that. That's that's all he says now. He Those gives, lines he gives right you a, there. He gives you like a geography lesson yeah. when you when you interview him. He just names five Brazilian fighters, like five yeah. different countries, and he says he's happy. And this is the big sport, the big, the big. Go look at his interview. He's like the big. Every interview. Do you think he even understands what I'm saying? Because I appreciate him speaking in English, but I'd almost rather him just do it with a translator so I can get a real answer. I think that his English has improved, but I think that he um, has some canned answers. Sure. That. Um, he gives not just you, even if like the official UFC sure. interviews, like post fight, he just says the same thing to everyone. It's if perfect. You, if you watch his vlog, uh, the Dana's vlog, Dana said, "I don't think you're human" or something like that. And Anderson said, "This is my family." You know. <laughs> <laughs> so after he knocked out Bonner, yeah. Dana compliments him, and then he gives a canned answer. This is the sport. You know, it's like Anderson, you didn't answer the question. <laughs> Speaking of which, you've never done Dana. I did it in my John oh, Jones jo- right, that's right. Video, and people hated it. And Why? Dana's a hard voice to do. Dana's yeah. voice has got deeper as he's gained, put on a few pounds over the years. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just, if you watch him in Tough One, sure. his voice was high, yeah. more doable. If you watch him now, it's just as he's gotten older, his voice has gotten deeper. I can't, I can't do it. I just Maybe that, one day. Well, that would be a good one. All right, so that was it from the list you gave me. But the, the, I, I, you know I'm a huge fan. There's some others that I'd love to... Because when you were on the show last time, yeah. some of your greatest moments were, were yeah, wow. after the fact. Uh-huh. Can I throw a couple at you? Sure. Yeah. I might change what you request, but go ahead. No, no. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's not much of a request. I loved your Nick Ring. Oh. I don't have anything Nick Ring ready. And if I did Nick Ring, it would, might sound too inappropriate. So okay. how would I do Nate Diaz? <laughs> Nate Diaz? Nate Diaz. All right, yeah. I'll take Nate Diaz. Okay. It was a short one. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't got a problem with Ariel Hawani. Uh, he doesn't know how to shake my hand or whatever. But it is what it is. Nothing huge. Whatever. I'm not going to dog the guy. <laughs> it's just amazing. How do you memorize all this? Memorize the voice or the, the words? No, like, because I know you have, like, a little bit. But you're, you're doing this all off memory, a, yeah, a lot I just, of it. Yeah, I just practice. You just practice uh, a lot? And, and the voice is just, I watch so much stuff that it's sunk in. Yeah, the yeah, voice yeah. memorizing, that's easier. I love your Chris Weidman. I think uh, your Weidman is very underrated. And Anderson, <laughs> if you're watching this, I'd love to fight you. Uh, <laughs> but I got sore surgery. I mean, you can't really hear everything I said. So I might be mumbling in my surgery. But I love my wife and, and I hope my home it gets fixed soon. So I'll be ready to go. Oh, my God. The Weidman <laughs> is just great. I love your Weidman. I also love, which I was, I, I was a little surprised he was on the list because I think this is a, a very hot topic right now. Your Roy McDonald, I think, is fantastic. All right, I got, I got some. Roy you got some. That's, <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Okay. Well, I had, I had a nightmare last night that Dana kidnapped me and George and forced us to fight, um, and I won, of course. But 
George is a good friend of mine. And so as I was punching his unconscious body, I just started crying. And I woke up in a cold sweat. <laughs> Isn't he a fascinating guy? He is. I he, like how you call him the, the, the Canadian serial psycho. killer now. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. Psycho, psycho. The yeah. Canadian psycho. You told him to his face. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> um, now, one of my, you, know, you know how I feel about the Honorable Sensei. Oh, uh, yeah. He was one of your best. Actually, my wife and I often do the, uh, when, he, when, he, when he talked about uh, Machida Kun's wazoo is not quite like mine. He really got his <laughs> mind down. Can you do that for me, please, and for her? Sure. Um, well, we worked on, because his wazoo is similar to mine, <laughs> we worked on a lot of things. Punches, kicks, <laughs> knees, ashtabaki, and some illegal moves that we just found out were actually legal. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh Andy Couture I would fight him If we meet In the middle of the desert Where no one is watching we'll See how it goes down Oh That's the other great thing about you You are such a huge fan of the sport So your your imitations yeah. are very timely Timely Yeah um, I wrote one down here While you were doing it But I don't even know what I wrote Because I think I was in such a um, A daze from laughing so much I wrote A-L-D- N-S-B-E-R-G-M. What the heck is that? That's not even a word. How about I do Ariel Hawani? Oh, wow. Really? Look at uh, that. My last one. Um, it's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour back in your life. <laughs> Big show today. We have uh, today's show will be entirely devoted to Rick's Picks. Wow. Uh, you don't want to miss it. Lots of prizes as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. New York Rick got it. Wow. That was, that's, a, that's impressive, man. Skills. Michael Landsberg. Okay. Um, okay, so Chael Sonnet. So you're saying that he's still an entitled brat and that John Jones, his parents gave him an uncreative name. That's <laughs> That was a great one. You reenacted it with the set and everything. Yeah, yeah. That was really impressive. Will did a great job. Wow. He did a great job drawing that and even the background, everything got it perfect. It was unbelievable. Yeah. People, people didn't, uh, the response wasn't as big on that as I thought, but... You had to watch the interview to understand. Because that was exactly. a year ago, over a year ago. You had to see the interview to understand that video. What about Chael? Uh, people don't like my Chael. Really? <laughs> I love your Chael. You know what, Ariel? If you want to do, if you want a Chael son in impression, all you got to do is cover your nose, pretend like you have to sneeze. Ha-choo. <laughs> Kaboom. <laughs> That's amazing. By the way, do you have any other uh, sort of, while we're here, and I'm enjoying this greatly, yeah. uh, just other people that you're very proud of, you're impersonating, non-MMA, just for the hell of it? Not really. Not really? really? You're all MMA? Um, pretty much, yeah. I don't, just people I know. And a lot of MMA impressions. Um, you know, I can't do any like the presidents uh, very well or famous people right. actors. Uh, Which is your favorite? My favorite impression. My favorite impression to do. I think my favorite video was my Henry Gracie video. Oh, really? That's my favorite in terms of the humor. Did uh, he? He tweeted it, right? He tweeted it. Yeah. Eve tweeted it too. Really? He said. I think I remember him saying. I don't know if this is a compliment or like an insult. Ninety-five percent of me was against tweeting this. Yes, but the other, <laughs> the other five percent choked out the ninety-five percent. <laughs> uh, so uh, that's great. So it must be awesome when the guy you're imitating actually tweets it out, best. right? That's, that's the best. The best yeah. That's like the ultimate high. It is. It's Who's feeling. tweeted them out? As far as the big names, um, Weidman, JDS, uh, Rashad Evans, uh, Matt Sarah. 
uh, Namathan, really? Tom Lawler. That's awesome. Uh, a bunch of uh, a few other people. What about Bisping? I retweeted something recently. Can you do Bisping? He no, to me I he can't. seems like a really easy one. I did in my first video. The people, people didn't like slammed it. me. So you, you read the comments? I read the comments. I read yeah. the comments. Uh, the most overwhelming comments uh, in terms of thumbs up and everything are. Uh, the Diaz brothers, people yeah. say, make this into a weekly yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. video. This could be a, like a Saturday morning cartoon. So it's who knows? like we'll... a Beavis and Butthead type thing, right? It's like a Beavis and Butthead. Right. Maybe one day we'll have a Saturday morning Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz, Fuel TV wow. cartoon. Is that what you're shooting for? That would be the, that would be that the, would ultimate, be the ultimate, ultimate thing. Yeah. Are you posting videos now once a, like a, a certain day, certain um, time? You know, it's it's been like every 10 days, every two weeks. But we're trying to do it, stick to a schedule Yeah. Uh, once every... Uh, week and we're going to see how big we can take it you know uh you've heard of like epic meal time yeah so every i think it's tuesday at like seven or something they have a new one out to me yeah. if you can tell people that every week at this time i think it would be huge for you i think so i think so and i think that we just need to now that i have him doing the animations will um i can um focus on the voices uh we can get them out a lot faster hopefully. does will have a twitter yeah, it's a fight arts fandom. Okay. Uh, and mine is uh, Prebeck. Yep. And, and the YouTube uh, page? YouTube page is youtube.com slash Prebeck, P-R-E-B-E-K. We have a funny uh, sequel video coming out on Henner Gracie, the sequel to his How to Pee video. Um, we have a video on Diaz Brothers uh, going uh, looking for a house to buy together. Oh, really? And, That's and, amazing. And we're going to do a video, we're thinking about doing a video with uh, you hosting a Legends roundtable discussion. Oh, wow. In place of Jay Glazer. Cause why? why? Why are you bumping Glazer? Because I can imitate you, Jay oh, Glazer. Okay. And, uh, Glazer, I feel like, is an easy one to imitate. He has a deep voice, too. Yeah, he has a deep voice. My voice is high, but eh, it'd be funny to have you in there wearing well, one, I appreciate of your, it. one of your uh, plaid shirts. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um... <gasps> One final thing I wanted to ask you, uh, the, the Facebook page is facebook.com slash Puya Rebeck. Puya Rebeck. But you've sort of branded the, uh, the, the, the YouTube page Ultimate Fighting Cartoonship, yeah. which is brilliant. Thanks. I, just, I want like, a play on the actual company. Um, it's more memorable than Prebeck. Had I known that this would, channel would grow to where it has, I wouldn't have named it just Prebeck. Right. Um, so I would have called it something more catchy. You can't change it now? Can't change it now. Okay. It would lose all the subscribers. But, um, but yeah, Ultimate Fighting Cartoonship is the, na the name of the channel. Can I get one more Valid before we go? Uh, <laughs> just more I just want to hear it again. Okay. Let me think of what to say. Um, this man, <laughs> he learned the Portuguese because he know the <laughs> MMA. He's going to come back to Brazil. <laughs> Give me a high five. Man. That is unbelievable, <laughs> man. Wow, that is an amazing one. And I feel like he would really appreciate that as well. He's a great guy. Hey, what? Yeah, he's on Twitter. Walid, I'm going to yeah. follow him. Uh, W-A-L-L-I-D-J-F-C, I believe it is. Jungle he, Fight. He is my favorite person you have interviewed. Really? He's, a, he's, he's so animated. He's yeah. a psycho. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's like an old school professional wrestling um, uh, manager. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? You could see him either uh, murdering you or giving you a hug. <laughs> he's, he's the widest spectrum of behavior. Well, continue the great work, my friend. You nailed it. This is, this is a great last guest of uh, 2012. You're doing fantastic work. Once again, the YouTube is youtube.com slash Prebeck. Um, you're, you're, you're coming out with these. You're, you're taking it up a notch with the animation. Will's doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Keep it going, man. I think this is great. People are really digging it. Every time you do one, 
if I don't tweet it, I get like a thousand people saying like, hey, have you seen the latest <laughs> ones? Uh, there are, we, we post them on the morning report. I know Sean, who does the morning report, is a big fan of yours. So uh, keep it up. Great. Thank you. Oh, do you want me to do uh, what I was going to say to Pat Berry? Oh, yes. Exactly. <laughs> so, Pat, in case you're watching, I was going to tell you, Pat, I was going to come here and imitate you. But after seeing what you did to that dude, punching and kicking him, knocking him out, I don't want that to happen to me. You know? I don't want you shaving my head and then go telling me to go hug people. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold, hold that for a sec. What was that buzzkill? Oh. Oh, God. Okay. He can't hear us, though, right? Ariel, I'm going to... Yeah, yeah, he's not reading Okay. You want to do it? Sure. All right, let's do it. Here we go. We're going to get... Uh, uh, we're going to get Pat Barry here, and then we will... Um, oh, a lot of people asking online while we wait for Pat. Can you do Rogan? No, I can't. Can you do Goldie? Uh, not very well. I did Goldie in my um, Silver vs. Jones video, mm -hmm. and I was like, eh, it was just okay. Um, I think what you're getting at now is a lot of requests, right? Now people want to see you doing their favorite yeah. guys. That's the, that's the tricky thing. The most popular request is, of course, Dana, uh, Rogan, um, these popular guys. Right. Uh, some people ask for Hanato Laranja, and I don't follow oh, him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, how about this? We haven't gone to him yet, right? Or have we? Okay, can you hear us? Not yet. Not yet, no. Okay, I'm going to take the break, I'm going to because he can see, so I want to take him out of the studio and play this little thing on him, all right? Okay? Sure. Okay. I mean, I don't think he can see anything. Yeah, he can. Remember DC heard, saw me talk? Trust me on this one. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to take... Pre-back out of the studio. I call you pre-back. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Great work, my friend. Thank you. We'll hear from you in a couple of seconds. Take a quick break here. Uh, in the meantime, check out this clip. Mark Hominick. You know Mark Hominick? Yeah. The machine. He retired last week. This is courtesy of my good friends over at UFC Tonight, Fuel TV. They interviewed Mark last Tuesday on the show. Leanne Tweeden and Kenny Florian talked to him about his retirement. I'll show a quick clip of that. Then we'll be back. Pat Barry joining us for a few minutes. That is the man, Prebeck. Twitter.com slash Prebeck. YouTube.com slash Prebeck. Fantastic stuff. Thank you so much, Tim. We'll be back on the MMA Hour. Mark the Machine Hominick's career spans over a decade. He's fought in front of sold-out crowds and competed for UFC Gold, and we're honored now to welcome him in to UFC Tonight via Skype. Mark, we haven't heard from you since UFC 154, and you asked to come onto our set tonight. What's the reason? Well, I appreciate you guys having me tonight. Uh, I've had the last, over the last course, 11 years, I've truly got to live my passion and follow my dreams by competing professional mixed martial arts, and especially under the Zufa banner. But uh, UFC 154, that was going. That's the last uh, fight I'll be in the octagon, as I'm, you know, retiring and looking to to move on in my next phase of my career. Marco, what's the reason uh, for you retiring? You know, there, there's a few. I think the next, like uh, as a family. You know, I have a young daughter. I have another daughter on the way. And I think uh, that's the next phase of my life. I think to put focus into that and, you know, moving forward, I'm always going to be involved in this sport. This is my passion. This is what fuels me. But I think, uh, you know, it's a commitment that, that I'm looking forward to make because I, I haven't been able to make the same kind of sacrifices, I believe, that got me to the, the title fight with Aldo. And I think it's more important for me to focus on that and, and again, moving on with my life as a part of mixed martial art from the outside, I guess. You know, you're talking a little bit about, you know, maybe not making those sacrifices. And, of course, you had to deal with the loss of uh, your coach, your mentor, and your close friend, Sean Tompkins. Um, you know, does that have anything to do with it, uh, perhaps not having him in, in your corner for, the, for, you know, the last year and a half or so? 
you know, losing Sean was a definite blow to all of us at Team Tompkins. But, you know, to me, it almost motivated me because I wanted to go out there and prove that we were going to carry on his name and, and his tradition and his legacy, uh, you know, for what he, he did for us. Uh, you know, I think, you know, that that's something that I'll always strive to do, but I think I'm going to have to do it from the outside of the octagon. Uh, you know, that's that's not, you know, a reason that I can point at. Uh, you know, I think I think it's just ne- time for me to go out and, and focus on the next part of my life. You know, I, I think I've, sa- I've sacrificed a lot and I've achieved a lot of my goals that I set out to do in mixed martial arts. And now I, I you know, focus on, you know, my family and uh, what the next phase brings me. You know, Mark, you were such an intelligent fighter, seen as such a technical fighter as well by myself and a lot of the, your fellow UFC uh, colleagues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you talked that, Talked a little bit about wanting to stay involved with the sport. Does that mean coaching? What does that mean? You know what? Right now, I'm not going to rush into anything. All I know is, you know, mixed martial arts, this is my passion. This is what drives me every day. So there's no way, you know, just because I'm stepping away from the octagon, then I'm going to step away from the sport. This, this is what fuels me every day. So, I, you know, I just got to find my role in, in what, what way, uh, you know, whatever the path takes. But I'll always be involved with the sport. And, you know, UFC has been a, a one big family, and it's definitely, you know, Definitely would like to stay. All right, Mark. Now I got to ask you one of the questions that I have to deal with all the time as a retired guy. Uh, <laughs> any chance at a comeback? Is this kind of just a little layoff, or is this a true is, <laughs> is this a true uh, retirement here? You know, I, you know, with another daughter on the way, and and I know the sacrifices that that both having a family and the sacrifices I, I want to make to to ensure that 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 we're successful there. You know, I think this is what I have to do. Is I'm, I've been one of those fighters. That I think inside the cage that I, I've been, laid it on the line every way, every time I've stepped in there, and it, it's kind of been an all-or-nothing thing. And I think that's the kind of decision that decision has to be has to be approached like that as well. All right, Mark. Before we let you go, what was your favorite memory inside the octagon? You know, I think fighting uh, against Jose Aldo. Uh, you know, even though it was a loss, that 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 fight really put me on the map. To me, it almost felt like a 15-year overnight success. You know, you compete for so many years, almost in obscurity, you know, when no one gets to watch. And all of a sudden, I was fighting in front of 55,000 people in front of my home province for the world title. And it really put on a performance that, you know, really put me on the map as, as far as the mixed martial arts world. So that's something I'll always cherish. And I really got to show who I was as a man, as a fighter, and as a person in that ring that night. All right. Thanks, Mark. Any final thoughts? Now, you know, I just like to appreci- say appreciation all, all for the support I've received over the years from all my, fa- my friends, my family, my coaches like Sean Tompkins, uh, the UFC, uh, Dana and Tom Wright from UFC Canada. And I really do appreciate the support that the fans has always received. And, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be ongoing with this career uh, in one way or another. All right. Thanks a lot, Mark. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. UFC Tonight, presented by Dodge Dart. All right, back on the MMA Hour. Thank you so much to Prebeck. Still catching my breath here. That was, uh, that was unbelievable stuff. It's nice to get a good cry out, a good laughter cry out from time to time. Um, that was courtesy of our good friends over at UFC Tonight, Fuel TV. want to remind you, there are three really exciting episodes of uh, UFC Tonight coming up. Tomorrow is uh, part one of UFC Tonight's year-end countdown of the top 50 UFC moments of 2012. 50 moments, they're counting them down. This is 50 to 26. Then next week, December 25th, that's Christmas, uh, part two of UFC tonight's year-end countdown of the top 50 moments, that'll be moments 25 to 1. 
Wonder what uh, number one will be. And then uh, Tuesday, January 1st, New Year's Day, UFC Tonight looks back at the year that was in the octagon. Kenny Florian gives his awards for 2012 Fighter of the Year, Fight of the Year, Knockout of the Year, and much more. And Kenny and I go head-to-head with our uh, Fighter of the Year as far as uh, Fighter versus Writer uh, debate as far as uh, Crystal Ball predictions for 2013 and some of the big moments coming up next year. So that's... What's to come on UFC tonight? The uh, the January eighth show, by the way, is going to be a full hour top fifty moment countdowns. But the first twenty five moments will premiere tomorrow, ten p.m. Eastern on Fuel TV. Then twenty five to one on uh, the following Tuesday, and then it's a uh, sort of a year end look back. Kenny, I, and the rest of the team. Hope you could check that out on Fuel TV. Thanks for letting us play the clip. So do we have our next guest? We do. All right. Let us go to the Skype machine and welcome back. And it's interesting because last week, this man asked to be on the show as many times as possible. We bring him back. We don't usually bring back a back-to-back guest. And then he goes MIA on us. He doesn't show up. Pat Barry, what do you have to say for yourself, my friend? I'm sorry, and I'm going to do the next 75 shows for free, no matter what's going on. I'm sorry. That's, that's my I mean, fault. That's I, my, my fault. My fault. It wasn't the, my fault. The guy, you fault. know, knocks out someone on national TV, and he forgets about the little people here in New York. Oh, man, didn't, didn't forget. It's Rose's fault, man. Oh. She's not here right now. I just have to make, make sure she's What's your here. excuse? Not- you were sleeping, though, right? I was, I finally was asleep. I went to sleep uh, today. That's been since the fight. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't, uh, I tell everybody I have trouble sleeping during the week. And I've, uh, you know, so I'm I'm usually after a fight. That's why I don't do after fight parties. After a fight, I go back to my room, order a slice of pizza. A few people come by. We might order six, six pizzas. (laughs) You know, like some cousins or some like close friends might come in the room and we just sit around and we just laugh and talk all night. So the pizzas get there. I might eat one slice. And I end up sitting there until it's time to go to the airport the next day. Uh, then I don't sleep on planes. So then I fly home. And after after a, after a fight like that, you know, I mean, I flew home, get home, see you know, see Rose, and then we're all excited. We watch the fight a few times in slow motion, <laughs> six thousand, six six thousand times in slow motion. Um, and then you know, we we go on a date, and then come back and settle down and then you know we get ready for bed and we go to sleep the same way every night where she falls asleep on the sofa while I you know sit there and she has her feet on my lap and and then I get us in bed and I lay there for a minute and then I get back up and I come back in the front to watch it again <laughs> in slow motion a thousand times uh and then I I was up until so that was all day Saturday stayed up all day yesterday but I, I stayed up until like maybe seven eight thirty this morning and then finally was able to sleep for a little bit. But, like, she she sat up just now. I was like, oh, it's 2 o'clock. What are you doing? So that's, that's my <laughs> no fault. No problem. I, was, I, didn't even know, I didn't even know where I was. I, was up, <laughs> I sat up thinking I'm going to miss my flight to get back to Minneapolis. <laughs> well, now I feel bad that I woke you up. Oh, man, no, it's my fault. I should have been on it. I should have just no. stayed up and watched it a few more times and watched it a few more times. I would have been there. That's fine. We won't be very long here, but uh, before we continue with the interview, we actually have a, a fan of yours that wanted to just offer some congratulations and speak to you. Do you mind taking the phone call? Ready. Is he there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Here? Yeah, I, we hear you. What's what's on your mind? Oh, Pat, while you were sleeping, I wanted to uh, do an imitation of you, but... <laughs> 
but uh, you were a no-show. But now that you're here, can I do a quick imitation of you? Uh, you were ready for it. Let's see it. Uh, hear it. Okay. Okay, here we go. In fact, I wasn't going to come here to imitate you, but after seeing what you did to that dude, punching and kicking him, knocking him out, you know, telling people to go, you know, hug people, and then people saving your head, I don't want to talk to you. You're scary. And that's whack. Yeah. No, they say you're too, <laughs> they say you're too that's, small, that's... but you're not small. You're just short, you're stocky, and you're lovable. So congratulations. <laughs> Yo, hey, man. Nah, it's not even close, man. <laughs> <laughs> They they tell you too short and that's whack. (laughs) Yeah, man. That's that's that's, hey, that's that's pretty spot. That's pretty that's pretty spot on. I need to get like a. We need to. I need to check out. It's the best I could do. Hey, Hey, congratulations. Record yourself on video. Hey, Pat. This guy. This guy. This guy's a legend. This guy was just in studio. You got to check him out. He's done you on his, uh, he's got over a million views on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Prebeck, P-R-E-B-E-K, the best fighter impersonations. I was just here crying because he was doing a whole set for us. He is on YouTube, my friend. You got to check him out. Yeah, Pat, I oh, check out my video called uh, Pat Berry uh, Gives Up Pizza. It's called Pat Berry Gives Up Pizza. You're going to love it. It's amazing. Google it. All right. All right. Pat <laughs> Berry Gives Up Pizza. Look at me. I'm all behind the time. Yeah. I'm like, hey, man. Make a video, okay, buddy? Make a video and uh, upload it to this thing called YouTube, right? And send it to me. Yeah, oh, man, look at that. Oh, and you, a million views on, all right, no problem, I'm on it. Yeah, he'll tell you about Pat YouTube Barry videos. Gi- Padbury gives up pizza. That's what, that's a nightmare sketch? Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, all right, Ariel. Puya, great Take job, care, my man. On the show. Yep, great job. Uh, we'll congratulations. T- Talk to you guys hey, man, later. thank you, man. All, all right, later. Pat. Uh, I want to talk to you about a few things about the fight. First, I have to mention, we played it earlier, and I, and I said this to you via text message, and I just want to get a sense for your mindset going into the fight. Your post-fight interview was very touching, and, uh, and, and as I mentioned on Twitter as it happened, really summed up how I was feeling. I just wanted to you know, hug my son and my wife and my family uh, after the horrific, horrific tragedy in Connecticut. And I really think you, you, you summed it up perfectly. And when you said what got me the most was when you said, Joe, I just want to go home. I just want to go home and, and hug Rose for 15 hours. How are you able to focus on the task at hand and not get too down and depressed and things like that? Because you had a big fight. Um, man, that was, that was, that was a real tough one because there's a, there's like some goods and bads to it. I mean, the bad would be, the, the bad would be just the thought of, I really just wanted to go home. I mean, ever when I got the, I got the, when I got the, like the first text about it going on and then I looked up what happened. I remember I started getting messages from people like somebody tweeted the UFC should cancel the event in the light of the you know, the, the incident. And when I read that, I went, yeah, that would be cool. I mean, I'm not, not that they should sure. or shouldn't. I mean, I don't right. who knows, but when, when I read that, I was thinking that'd be a great idea because then it wouldn't be my fault. Cause I'm leaving right now. Right. Like Friday. Uh, I, Oh, great. If they can, hopefully they cancel it because then that'll make sense as to why I'm in an airport, like flying home right now. I just, I wanted to just get home man. I just, I didn't want to be there. So, but I guess the good side of it would be that it, it took my mind off of the fight. So I didn't have like the the get an ulcer anxiety like stress towards the fight all day because I, I didn't I wasn't I didn't have it on my mind. Hmm. And uh, why didn't Rose come with you? Uh, still in school. Okay. Still training. Uh, still in school. Still training for her uh, for her fight. So she was still staying active. Uh, and in all actuality, we just we haven't done. I, I figured maybe this uh, 
this fight probably wasn't the one that we should run an experiment on. <laughs> yeah, probably a good call. What, what was that yeah, embrace was, like when you saw her? Man, it was it was outrageous. Man, she. <laughs> I get to the airport. She comes to pick me up from the airport. You know when you, you know, like we don't do it. We don't do the whole park and you sit here in the terminal and wait. Because just so she pulls up to baggage claim, right? Right. And you know, I, you know, you, there's always the security, the police officer saying, "Oh, you move your car, only pick up and leave, and it's got to be quick." She gets out of the jeep. She gets out of the jeep, and she runs over, and she's got this biggest smile ever. And I'm, I get off the plane in a t-shirt. And some jogging pants. And that's it. And it's like 12 degrees outside. She jumps, man. I catch her. I only have one leg at the moment because of this yeah. other one is not feeling too nice. Uh, no, my foot at least. I catch her. The hug was outrageous, man. And the security. <laughs> hey, you got to move that car. And I put it down out of the way. And I kind of like, oh, I'm sorry with that. Look over. And he and like the guy looks and goes, hey, man, you good fight, man. You got to move that car. <laughs> you got you to move that car. So That's awesome. It was just it was. It was great, man. Uh, we got in, the, you know, we jumped in. She she drove us. We we went on a date, uh, had dinner, came back, and um, I don't know if you saw the video uh, we posted last night, but that's generally how my fights go. My fight ends. I've been going for a week. I come right in, and now she's got her fight. So now my it's over. I'm done. I'm, yeah. I'm finished with my. I'm <laughs> not the star anymore. I came home and uh, uh scrubbed her feet last night. Nice. That is a good, <laughs> a very good boyfriend. Now, speaking of feet, how is your foot? You posted a picture of it. It's quite swollen, one of them, right? Yeah, it's pretty swollen, but it's this is this. I would say that this one is the least swollen uh, of all uh, out of all the fights that come back. I, every time, I, every time I throw a kick, I don't, I don't think my my body is really designed to hit this hard uh, <laughs> because I, I'll throw one. I mean, I threw two two low kicks, two low kicks with my right foot, and my whole like from my. Knee on down to my toes are just swollen. Is it broken? No, no, no breaks. Okay, okay. Um, no breaks. You walk away from the fight. Fantastic. You ended him early. Great knockout. Was that an A-plus performance, or was there anything that you weren't happy about? Um, there was a – I got taken down. Yeah. Of course, that's going to that's gonna be – and I don't want that. That's going to be a negative. Uh, so I did, I did hit the ground. Um, so that was a – we get some points deducted for that one. But other than that, the, I was able. I stayed. I stayed calm on the ground. I defended four submissions. Hmm. I defended four submissions, and I had two of them myself. <laughs> I mm. know. I thought I was mm. like, wouldn't it be funny if he finally gets a submission after shaving his head? After after the head is cut, I don't know if anyone noticed, but we hit the fence. Yeah, and I was gonna. I was gonna roll for a guillotine. I had it. I and this is people are gonna stop telling me to stop doing this, man. <laughs> He jumps in, he rolls, he brushes in, I grab his neck, I lock my hands together, and then clear as day, clear, the clearest sound ever, I hear, let that go, from Trevor Whitman. Wow. And, then they were, and that's why if you see in the video, boom, we hit the cage, uh, my, my arms lock up, the, v, the view is coming, is coming from this view, right? Okay. So we hit the cage, I lock up, and then it clear as day, let that go, and I just turn my head to the side like... Okay, so, <laughs> so I ended up reaching under his arm. And that and uh, I was uh, in a really, really close position for a Kimura on his right arm. Why do you think? As, as I reach for it, as I re- <laughs> I'm reaching for it, my left hand is there on his wrist, right arm is reaching over. No, I was like, all right, okay, no problem. Why did he say that? Because he didn't want you to to get tired. No, 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 no. It was just it's it's early in the fight. Yeah. Shane was still fresh. 
let's not experiment with sure, going sure. to your back toe. You, you know, and if I if I would have fallen, if I would have jumped to my back toe at guillotine, uh, and let's say he did pop out, then I was just stuck there in in between Shane and the cage. So right. that wouldn't that wouldn't have been any good. I'd say your only negative moment of the fight. And also because the way that fight ended is a lot better than the way it would have ended if I would have submitted. Sure. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. It was very HD-esque. Now, the only negative moment, in my opinion, of the fight was after the fight. You were great. You were celebrating. This poor man trying to do his job. And you, like, you're like, you push him. I mean, really. I thought you were respectful. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't push him. I yanked my arm away. You were I, yanked, like, I just don't yanked even. my arm away. What was going on? He was trying to help you. What what if it was Czech Congo? <laughs> ah, get away! Like I didn't, I just, I had to. Who knew? I didn't know who was trying to grab me. The arm grabbed, and you can't see. It. That's all you see is the face. The like the arm going. Right. Oh, no, um, but you didn't see the face do this. Ooh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know what was. I didn't. That was. I'm so. I, I, apparently. I turned into a gangster after I went and fight because I don't. <laughs> what was all that? I know. <laughs> if we had a microphone, in like implanted in one of my teeth, oh no, they would let me go after that. Now, I would have been released. Who was that guy? What was he trying to do? I uh, just the, just the ring. The ring doctor gets yeah. in the ring and uh, they get, they get in uh, they get in the octagon and uh, they they check the fighters. Uh, the winner or and right. the guy who, like there's two that come in. The guy who wins, the guy who doesn't, like, they both get checked out. So he was just coming to see if I was okay. Now, the camera didn't catch me walk up to the guy and say, sir, I am I'm sorry. <laughs> My apologies. I, I just, I didn't know. That wasn't me. Uh, and I gave him a big, big sweaty hug. Uh, he was like, oh, it's no problem. I understand. And he said, uh, what he tells me was, my fault. Uh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have run. I shouldn't have walked up behind you and just grabbed your arm. Right. Because that's all I felt was just a hand grab my, no, police officer. Like, yeah, that's yeah. all I felt. So, uh. <laughs> But no, and I was I was in mid I was in mid mid marching moment, and now uh, contrary to everyone's belief, once I yanked my arm away, I didn't intentionally go walk over to Herb Dean Jr. Camera. Whoa, he just put himself on hold. Uh, oh, yeah, he's sorry, back. No, I'm sorry. I just got. I just got. I'm here. Are you still here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't see you. Yeah. Okay, here you are. Nice of you. Yeah. Sorry, my phone just went. I just got a phone call from somebody from Las Vegas is calling me. Oh. Um. But I uh. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't intentionally make my way over to the the guy who was, you know, grabbing the camera wires and chest bump him. I didn't. I didn't know. He just was in the way. Well, you did go on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and you apologized to the uh, the doctor, right? You showed a screen grab, so that was very kind of you, and and I'm sure yeah. he appreciates that. Now, I want to know. I was t I sort of thinking, what's next for Pat Barry? I was wondering. You know, I, I mentioned Roy Nelson, who looked very good in the fight. Roy didn't seem all that into the fight. Uh, when I brought it up to him earlier on in the show, do you have an idea as to who you'd like to fight next? Um, you know what, honestly, man, I, I don't like. In the, like I said, the, I've said before, in the most unmacho way ever. As long as I'm getting a phone call, it doesn't. Everybody's everybody's a bad matchup for me. I mean, mm. it's just every if I'm fighting, it's that's oh, it's bad. Like uh, so, it just doesn't. Anyone, anyone doesn't. If it's the world's greatest wrestler, if it's a jujitsu superstar like plaid belt, if it's a striker, a boxer. It, I mean, as long as it's a uh, human, I guess. <laughs> I guess it's, but you, I'm, I'm, I'm I'll guessing be up, I'll be up for the task. I'm guessing you don't want to take seven months off again. No, I, yeah. I would like to. No, not necessarily. Nothing's broken, mm. as far as I know. Nothing's broken. Now I take it. I would like to take uh, the next three weeks off because, uh, like I said, uh, when I first right. started, today is today is uh, we got the last three weeks of uh, Rose's preparation for her fight, um, and uh, after that, I'll be up for. Everything. I read yeah. an incredible stat. You know your last five fights, either you or your opponent 
or both of you won a Fight Night Award. Did you know that? Hey, you're welcome, everybody out there who got an award. You're welcome. That's that's what I do. I said, when I first got into it, that was one of my selling points to Joe Silva. Uh, Joe Silva and Dana White. I said, hey, every time I step through that door, I'm the instant number one candidate for knockout of the night. And if I happen to get fight of the night, that's because I was doing something wrong. <laughs> And one day you will get submission of the night. I feel it. I feel it's, it's coming. It's, it's, you know what? I think that they'll give me submission of the night even if I go for one and don't uh, yeah. get it. Even if it's the worst submission ever, I I, I still think worst. if you do it. By the way, speaking of Dana, I saw you posted also on Instagram. You had a, you took a picture at the press conference where you had your figure. And he's in the in the background. He looks kind of pissed, right? You know, you know, I didn't really notice it until <laughs> I snapped the picture. Like all I was doing was I was just I was I wanted to I was gonna make his head sit on top of my finger. <laughs> and then and right as I go to his snap, he like <laughs> you get this like this little sly look. I was like, Oh man, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't be doing this right now. Yeah. But it was all right. But I did it. I'm sure he didn't mind. I, I did it anyway. Pat, I want to congratulate you. We got to run. I appreciate you waking up for us. I, I didn't want you know, we have a rule on this show. If someone doesn't make his appearance, we ban them for X amount of time. I, I didn't want to ban you. Wait till you see the text message I sent your phone. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I, can, yeah. Should I read it on the air? Sure. All right. Let's see here. Pat Barry. Bruh. Is he still there? Okay, bro. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. The Las Vegas is calling me. Okay, we'll, we'll we'll let you go in a second, bro. I'm the effing worst of all time. I swear I'll make it up to you, man. I'll do the next 27 shows for free, and I'll do something ridiculous and crazy that'll get us presidential exposure. <laughs> Very nice. I've been on the Tonight Show once, so that's a. You know what? I almost wish that you didn't come on the show now because I wanted to get that. Oh, trust me, I, I will come up with a controversy <laughs> out of this world. Pat, thank you so much. I know you have to run. Really appreciate it. Good luck to Rose uh, in, in a couple of weeks. She got a shout-out on the UFC broadcast. That's awesome. And uh, we're looking forward to her fight as well. Hey, thank you, man. And uh, thanks for giving me the chance to get my words out there again. And uh, once again, um, uh, now I've, I've, I've given my apology to the ring doctor, but uh, Herb Dean Jr., <laughs> guy with the dreads who was collecting the wire, uh, sorry about that. Uh, monster chest bump that i kind of gave you a little bit <laughs> awesome stuff thank you so much pat hi man all right there he is hd himself joining us once again glad we were able to get him on the show on this our final episode of the year okay lots to get to here in the next few minutes before we say goodbye um let us take some phone calls then we're going to go to rick's picks then we're going to take your questions, comments, and then we're going to say goodbye. We may go a little overtime here, but let's be honest, our last show for a few weeks, we're back January the 7th, so you can split this up and uh, enjoy it over the holidays. All right, first up, let us go to our old friend. Wow, look at this. Our old friend showing up out of the blue, Johnny from Long Island. Johnny? Yes, sir. Where doing, have you brother? been, my friend? Oh, I've been working nonstop. My brother getting my life together, and uh, I took my one day off, and I said, let's get that one call in. I talked to Eric. He hooked it up, and I'm back, baby. Wow. Welcome back. Your voice seems to have changed as well. Yeah, I got a little deeper. I've been doing a lot of cement work. Yeah, a little bit. I thought you just bit, hit uh, puberty. Small, trying to look like a Diaz brother. I like it, man. So what's on your mind? I just wanted to celebrate with you. Ever since episode 98, I've been calling, trying <laughs> to... Uh, 
trying to sneak in these little matchups here and there, trying to get Nate Diaz to a title shot. That didn't work out too well for us, yeah. but he got there. And got everybody it. now sees who Nate is, and he's going to be a big star. And Nick Diaz versus GSP in March, and I can't wait. I'm, I'm dying to go to Canada. I want to... Uh, I want to be standing right next to you in the, in the Gracie hoodie, getting cursed out by an entire audience. You're what gonna you go. That? Is that the plan? You're gonna go. I'm I'm dying. Yeah. If you, if you ever wanted to interview me on like oh, a New what? York bar, I'd rather interview me with a hundred Canadians cursing me out right behind me. But here's the thing. I I mentioned this earlier in the show. A lot of people feel less excited. That's the impression I'm getting. I see the the betting line uh, for the fight. After what Ben Henderson did to Nate Diaz, they're like, eh, we kind of feel like the same thing's going to happen to Nick. Tell us why the same thing won't happen. Well, if everybody keeps claiming that Nick doesn't have knockout power and and all this, you could ask Paul Daly, you can ask Scott Smith, you can ask uh, Marcus Zaramskis. If Nick hits you in the right spot, you're going down. And if you look at the last two fights that Carlos Condon had, he kicked two people in the head, and one went down. George went down, Nick wiped his nose and started walking forward. Everybody wants to claim that the Diaz brothers are the same. Nate's a little uh, little behind on, on Nick's skills. But, I mean, if you wanted the best versus the best, you got it right here. Everybody who's lost the title shot has got a title shot. It's in every other weight division, but now everybody's, you know, giving these title shots to the guys who have one loss but deserve the fight, which I think is better because you're going to have more sales and you're going to have more buzz. Johnny Hendricks knocked out a guy who was knocked out two fights ago, and he lost to Koscheck. I was there in Jersey. So, I mean, everybody thinks Koscheck beat Johnny Hendricks. If you want to call someone out, call out Josh Koscheck, but he didn't do that, so... So you're going on the record right here, right now. You say March 16th, we will have a new welterweight champion. Oh, no doubt. Wow. No doubt in my mind. I'm putting my chips in for Nick Diaz. Actually, I should say March 17th because by the time they actually fight, it'll probably be past midnight, right? Yeah. 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 Um, what, what, what about what, his... what about those tops cards? I got my oh. birthday coming up in two days. Maybe you could throw me a bone here. Well, I don't know, Johnny. I mean, you, you kind of left us hanging all year long. This is like the first time. When's the last time you called this show? It's been a minute. It has been. <laughs> have you called in in 2012? I I have, but not in the last couple of DS fights. I have I've been working. Yeah. I have uh, I have horrific, horrific hours. Well, what are your hours? Uh. 6 in the morning to 4.30, and I usually work a little later than that when my boss needs me. Yeah. Well, you're doing good work. Um, we're going to save the, the, the tops cards. Not because I don't love you. I've hooked you up in the past, right? I gave you, like, a box set, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. And I actually went and bought the uh, 2012 edition this year. Oh, very nice. Online. We, we gave those out. But uh, I'm going to give those to, this to one of the Twitter questions because a lot of people have sent in questions this week, so I want to stay true to my word. All right, my brother. It's no problem. Great to hear from you, man. Don't forget about us. We we love your insight. No, I will. I'll, I'll catch up with you, and uh, maybe we'll maybe we'll do something for this Canada card. All right. Maybe uh, I'll get to meet you. All right. I would like to meet you. All right, my brother. I'll see you soon. All right. All the best. There he is, Johnny from Long Island. Long Island, baby. <laughs> there he is, representing the two hundred nine with a different voice. He's uh, he's grown up in front of our eyes. All right. Let's take one other phone call. Let's go to Johnny in uh, Massachusetts. Johnny in Mass. Are you there? Happy holidays, Ariel. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you? Good. 
Hey, I have a quick question concerning what do you think the UFC uh, not hiring Tito Ortiz to run promotion and now Tito's on the opposite end managing uh, Chris Cyborg and uh, causing some issues? Well, I expected them not to hire him. I mean, they haven't had the best relationship with Tito. And, and quite frankly, I think Tito is better served being on the other side of the fence. Tito has always fancied himself a businessman. He's always, you know, enjoyed that aspect of the game, and, and, and that's been a big part of who he is. I think it's kind of interesting and cool that he is you know, a manager now, and he's got, you know, someone like Chris Cyborg, and I'm sure he's going to get some other big names. So I think this is a better role for him and the UFC. Look, he's looking out in what he believes uh, is the best interest of, of his client, and 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 more power to them. I mean, obviously the UFC is not going to love that. They don't love all managers. I'm sure there's a, there's a point in time when they hate every manager or they get into a, a disagreement with them. So it's going to happen. And of course, it's 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 publicized because it's Tito. Dana mentioned it, but I think this is good for both of them. Right. I feel that Tito is. You know, he's very passionate. He's always been passionate. He's always been very much about himself. I agree with that. But I think if he worked for the UFC, because I think the UFC needs more help in promotion, and I think Tito's very good at promoting, and I, I think he would have served better being on the UFC side because he wouldn't have been thinking about himself in that essence. He would be working for the UFC and be thinking about the company. Yeah, but uh, the UFC only really needs one promoter. I mean, yeah, they're doing these international shows, where you'll have like Marshall Zelaznik acting as Dana or Tom Wright in Canada, etc. But they like everything to you know funnel through Dana, and I'm not sure if they would mesh very well together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a very, very good point. Very good point there. Um, my other question is, I was listening to Johnny talk about uh, Nick Diaz. I actually was part of you know part of the fans. What the fans think that I think uh, the fight's going to go very similar to Carlos Conduit. Versus uh, um, Nick Diaz as well as Benson Henderson versus uh, Nate. I think it's going to be a similar type because I think GSP is too versed in submissions, too quick. And you know, just the interview GSP said the other day, you know, with Sarah, he got clipped, and you know, right away he tried to attack back when he didn't wasn't composed yet. And with the Carl with the uh, Carl fight, when he got hit, he realized he wasn't himself. He said, "Just recover, just recover." And I think that talking about fight experience. I think he's going to be a much smarter fight, and I also think when Carlos kicked Nick, it was uh, not not a heavy kick compared to the one he landed on GSP. I love the fact that you called him Carlos Conduit, like Nick Diaz. <laughs> you must be a fan. Uh yeah. I, I, I didn't realize I did that, but yeah, I am a fan. <laughs> it's it's a it's a subconscious Diaz fan thing to do. No, I'm interested. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm not trying to hate on the fight. I love the fight. I mean, this is the fight we've wanted to see for a while. This is the fight that we've been talking about. Let's just get it over with, see it happen. And it works out perfectly, by the way, for the UFC. They had this date set. To have you know GSP come back after his performance and then to have him face Diaz, I thought that they could maybe do it at the Olympic Stadium, which is the big, you know, ex-home of the Montreal Expos. It fits 50,000, 60,000 people. I think it's a huge fight, especially with that undercard. And I just want to mention to all the people who complain about GSP, oh, he always gets to fight in Canada. I mean, that is so silly. I mean, I'm so sick of that. First off, that's where he is a biggest draw. Uh, uh, that's, that's where he can draw the most money. That's where he is most popular. That's where it makes most financial sense for the UFC to hold GSP fights. Forget about the home field advantages, all this nonsense. It's a cage. Yes, he's the favorite, but it would be stupid for the UFC to have him fight elsewhere. Yes, he's a big star, but why, why would you have him fight in 
I don't know, Atlanta when he's a massive star in Canada. It makes no sense. Why would you have him fight in um, where was it, you know, Seattle when he's a massive star in Canada? He's a huge star that is beloved by his entire country. Of course, you're going to try to maximize that. No different than what we see in boxing. So people need to drop that. Anyway, my man, thank you very much. Absolutely. What? Yeah, I absolutely agree. I was just going to say I absolutely agree yeah. with that because just having him fight, it's a bigger platform, and it puts a lot of pressure on him that he's got to perform because it's on a bigger stage for himself. It's. I mean, it just makes it a bigger deal, a bigger spectacle. Everything about it makes sense. That's why, you know, um, Ricky Hatton, 95% of his career was fought in England. Uh, a lot of the British boxers, you know, Bisping fought a lot in England before now he's become, you know, it, it just makes more sense. And uh, the UFC's making the right call. And it's not because I'm from Montreal. I could care less if GSP fights there. I mean, it, it means nothing to me. It makes sense for the UFC. That's why it happens. And this is a way, Absolutely there's great. only two places where this fight could be huge. Montreal, sure, you could do it in Vegas or, uh, and I'm saying, okay, let's say Canada or maybe Stockton. You're not going to hold the fight in Stockton. CBS tried to do that with Elite XC. It wasn't a huge gate, and it kind of made no sense because it was on free television. You got to do it there. Diaz going in enemy yep. territory, it's massive. Thank you very much for the call, Johnny. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Ariel. Bye. All right. There he is, uh, Johnny from Massachusetts. Prior to that, we had Johnny from Long Island. All right. Is Rick available, or is he on the phone? Yeah, we got one uh, more caller. You oh, okay. Take it real Let's quick? take one more. Let's take one more. Another Johnny? Get out of here. It's, it's not Johnny. It's All not right. Johnny. It's uh, Yo- Jonas from Sweden. Wow. Sweden? Is Sweden in the house? Jonas, are you there? Yeah, yeah hello. What's up? Hey, how are you? Uh, which part of Sweden are you calling from? Stockholm. Stockholm. And what time is it over there right now? It's uh, around 10 wow. in the evening. Wow. Well, I appreciate it. What's on your mind? No, I just I just basically wanted to um, <clears throat> to give you a call and say, and say um, you know I really appreciate the uh, the show. Oh, it's it's yeah, it's an awesome show, and uh, I also think that uh, Sean McCorkle takes uh, uh, <clears throat> too much too much flack. Oh, too- <laughs> I think I think it's. I think it's great. Well, you know, Sean McCorkle is trying to campaign to get back on the show, but I must admit, his last appearance I thought was kind of lackluster. You enjoyed it? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, he he looked a little off, but yeah. but um, yeah, no, I think I think it's brilliant in in its way. Wow, people in <laughs> Sweden actually care about big sexy. So you, what you're saying is, come 2013, we should give him another chance. The McCorkle minute. Yeah, definitely. All right. Yeah, which, definitely. Which do you like better, McCorkle minute or Mitrio minute? I, I I actually like uh, McCorkle better. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Mitchell is great too. Yeah, they're both but, uh, great. I like them together. Yeah, those yeah. those were some good ones. Now, are you a big uh, Alexander Gustafsson fan? Well, yeah, yeah, I I guess I have to be right. Yeah, you do have to be. Were you at the event in April when he beat uh, Thiago Silva? No, I wasn't there. Oh. <clears throat> but I was really yeah. No, I wasn't there, but. I was really glad that he did, and also that he beat uh, Shogun, even though Shogun is an old favorite. But, yeah. That's huge but, for him. Uh, yeah. I'm curious to see what they do next with him. Anything else on your mind? Well, just a thought. Um, you know, I think that, that one of the reasons why uh, wrestlers find so much success might be the uh, training regime 
you know, in that age, because like at least in Sweden, we don't have anything that even starts to compare with uh, the wrestling programs mm. that 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 the uh, American guys have. They are very advanced you know, in that. All, yeah. You know, and and all the time put into like core strength and stuff. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I think. I mean, I think Look at the programs that they have in high school and college. You look at the European fighters; they don't have that that in their back pocket like the Americans do. They're progressing, but not they're not there quite yet. No, not at all. And and I mean, like <clears throat> emphasis on sports is is on a whole is on a whole a totally different level in the U.S. compared to to Sweden. We we don't really have you know sports programs at all. Uh-huh. But but and and I mean like uh, things like uh, college uh, scholarships and stuff <clears throat> that doesn't exist in Sweden. So so you don't have those those big really organized and and scientific uh, approach to to training in in that age. So so I think I think that plays a, a huge difference. By the way, how big of a deal is it when Gustafsson fights like local news and things like that? Is he a big star? Well, MMA is MMA isn't that big uh, in Sweden. I mean, main, it, it isn't that mainstream. Okay. So I think that I think that all of the people that follow MMA <clears throat> realize when when Gustafsson fights, but 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 it's not like uh, headlines in in uh, like an ordinary newspaper. Okay. All right. I understand. Yeah. Well, we appreciate the call very much. Thank you so much uh, for the support and the nice words, and hopefully you'll call in very soon. Yeah, cool. (laughs) Thank you. All right, there he is, Jonas from uh, Stockholm, Sweden, joining us on the MMA Hour. All right, let us move along. UFC 155 coming up in less than two weeks. As I mentioned, this is our last show of 2012. We return on January 7th. So let's get to Rick's Picks. Rick, let's do it. Before we get to Rick's picks, how did you do this weekend? Um, on the official uh, fights that I picked with the line, I went 2-0. Which were those? That was I picked Pearson over uh, Sutteropolis. Yep. And I also picked um, Lombard over Paul Harris. And the others? And the others, I split. I was I whiffed on uh, Mitrione. I picked Mitrione, which mm. was a huge mistake. Uh, Nelson took him out real quick. Um, and I picked Del Rosario oh. over uh, Barry. Should have brought that up in the Barry interview. Yeah, I'm kind of glad you didn't. Because yeah. I actually, I really like Pat Barry. And he's yeah. one of my favorites. But um, I Why'd just thought you... that it was going to look like round one for, right. for three rounds. But uh, Barry put the leather on him, and I was I was happy I did. I mean, I'm a fan. So, and the other ones that you got right on that one? Uh, the ones I got right were our boy Dustin Poirier. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought that doppelganger. I thought that Brookins could be um, a threat, which he, he looked to be in the first round. But I, but I just thought that Poirier's experience would be... The difference, and and I had to go with Poirier. He looked fantastic. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, he, does he ever have a bad fight? It's just like no, he's he, really coming. And and I think the ATT move has been great for him. He looked amazing. He looked focused. He looked, I mean, sh- very sharp on his feet. Really impressive submission. Get the Dars choke. Kind of poetic justice for him. Very nice. Yeah, I I was really happy with that one. Um, and what was the other one I picked? I'm trying to think. Well, Varner Gallard never happened. Uh, did you pick any undercard fights? No. Oh, Colton Smith. Right, I picked Colton yeah. over uh, Ricci. That was a dominant win. 
I, I saw that coming. I mean, that, that style is just not made for Mike Ricci to, uh, to succeed. I, I, I said that he was the most impressive in the house by far, but just Colton's style was going to be the difference in that one. I'm curious to see how Mike does at 155, but you're right. The wrestling, I mean, he smothered him. I think there are 21 fights this weekend. Overall, I mean, what, like 95% of them were great. There, were, there weren't that many duds. This was a really great sort of under-the-radar weekend for the UFC. I don't even think it was so much under the radar, honestly. I think that a lot of the fans were really, like, they got wrapped up in this weekend of fights, and they got really excited about it. I thought that it was great. Did you like it as a fan? Did you like it, or was it overkill come Saturday? I like it, but I wouldn't want it every weekend, Yeah, it's a lot. Um, But for one, you know, weekend a year, it was incredible. This was their second time doing it this year. They did it in June with uh, FX4 and 147. And I agree. Maybe twice a year. It's a kind of cool weekend. Yep. All right. Let's move along. 155, December 29th. MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas. Junior Dos Santos versus Cain Velasquez for the UFC heavyweight title. A couple other fights. This card not as good as it once was. Uh, A lot of injuries. Chris Weidman out. Gray Maynard out, but I, I do believe there are a few lines out there Actually, two weeks out, right? The lines have all come out for Jeez. the main card and I think one or two undercard fights. They just came out, so these numbers are subject to change because they're they're hot off the uh All right, the so press. keep that in mind if you listen to this next week or whatever. What are we looking at here? Um, main event, that one's been out for a while. The top three fights have been out for a while. Uh, Kane versus Junior. Kane's at plus 155, Junior's at minus 175. I came into the to the first Fox fight um, really torn on who to pick in this one. I thought that this was a perfect example of a 50-50 fight. Um, and I really didn't learn much from the first one just because both guys were injured and Junior took them out so quickly that there was really nothing I could I could really take away from that. Going into that first one, I had, I had uh, my horse was Kane. And going into this one, I think that Kane is the guy to pick again. So uh, so a minor upset at uh, plus 155. I think that Kane's going to just be more active on the feet, take, you know, not not in terms of boxing, but in terms of a complete game with kicks um, and being able to mix it up with his wrestling. I think that he's going to be able to defeat Junior. Wow. Um, it's, it's really tough for me to pick this one just because I think that if anybody can end a fight, with one punch, it's Junior. Just he he could take Kane out again very easily in the exact same manner. But I just think that the Kane without that knee injury, and I grant that Junior also had a knee injury. Um, I think that he's just going to look like a completely different fighter, more like the fighter we saw against Bigfoot. And I think that he's going to upset Junior. I'm very happy that we have two weeks to just think about this fight because it deserves it. And uh, I think it's one of the toughest. Wouldn't you agree? One of the toughest fights to pick of the year. This is the toughest. It's been, it was the toughest fight coming into the first Fox, and now it's the toughest really? fight again. I, I cannot pick this one, but I'm going with Kane. It's just it's too tough. Then you 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 create that very interesting scenario. Just I know you haven't had a chance to think about it, but Bigfoot over him. Who you pick? Over him. You pick over him. So then we get Kane. okay. Because I was thinking if Bigfoot wins. Then you you really could have Cormier versus this. Kane. I think that Daniel Cormier might be the best heavyweight on the planet. Really, I'm I'm, I'm going there. I, I would, wouldn't it be fun to see him fight Kane Velasquez? I think that he might be the best. Wow, we have to see him in the UFC first. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to so go exci- out there. I'm and so say excited it. to see him get in there. You're getting this amazing talent. Just like bloop, here he comes. 
And plus, we get Overeem back. Heavyweight division next year is going to be great. So, okay, so you're picking Kane. Uh, what about co-main event? Which um, I guess is, uh, but they're not really treating it as such. It's all about the the, the main event. But I guess see, what I is have, it? Jim Miller. It's a Jim Miller fight, I right? I think that's Lozon? right. Yeah. I have the order on the the betting page differently. So if it's if that's the co-main, yeah, yeah. Uh, Miller and Lozon. Miller is minus. 210 and Lozon is plus 160. So another relatively close one. Does that surprise you? No. No. I th- I think that uh, Miller is the I'm picking Miller in this one and I think that that's um the reasonable choice. I think that that's a pretty good line on him by the way as well, minus 210. Uh I I love uh Joe Lozon in the first round of every fight. Um he he's going to submit you or knock you out in the first round. that threat is always there in the first round, but, you know, he's been known to fade later. I know he works on that, and I know that, you know, that's kind of a stigma that's been attached to him that maybe might not be rightful at this point, but I just think that Miller's proven that he can weather a storm, Um, that that punch he took from Melvin and was able to recover and still win that fight. Um, He's just one of those guys that you can't count out of a fight, even even against uh, Henderson. He... You yeah. just he's still in the fight at the very end. And I just think that his toughness combined with how well-rounded he is, I, I see these guys having very similar skill sets in terms of being, you know, reasonably adequate um, technical boxers and having, you know, elite-level jiu-jitsu games. But I just think that Miller's toughness and his um, well-rounded game is a little is a little too much for Lozon. Um, but I think that this is going to be potential fight of the night easily like this this one has it written all over it one of the things i love about this sport is uh our short-term memories or maybe our long-term memories because beginning of the year anthony pettis knocked out joe lozon viciously lozon comes back in august defeats jamie varner in a fight of the year candidate and all of a sudden you kind of forget about that and you're starting to think like well wait shouldn't lozon be the favorite going into this but no you know miller's coming off a loss to nate diaz and most people, including myself, have him ranked a little higher. But it's amazing how you can start the year with a knockout like that, go into the end of the year show in a big fight like this, and no one's really even talking about the Pettis fight. But for Lozon, I'm really curious to see. Like, he always, you know, wins one or two in a row, looks fantastic, and then gets a big opportunity and doesn't come up big. I'm curious if he could finally go on a big run and may- maybe make a push because if you look at his record, it like wins one, two, huge fights, and then he gets a big... And then he, So uh, th- this would be it. I mean, the Maynard fight would have been it, but Miller is, is a very good second choice for him. Let's move on. What else you got? Uh, Belcher Okami. Ooh, this one really flying under the radar. This is almost uh, in a pick'em. It's Plus 100 for Belcher. Okami's minus 120. So a very, very slight favorite. Um, I like Okami in this one. I've, I think that... I've, I've, I'm a big Okami fan. I like his skill set. I like what he's able to do to guys. I like how he can box with you and he can, you know, stiffen you up with that jab. Um, and at the same time, he can grind on you and, and impose his will with his wrestling. Um, you don't find a lot of guys that can just completely shut you down in two facets of the game. Um, and then mix it up at the same time. Belcher is super well-rounded, super tough. We saw in that Paul Harris fight that he was able to fight off those submissions and get one of his own. I was extremely impressed. I've just, I'm just a very, I'm very sold on Okami's skill set, um, and I don't think that the come from behind knockout by Boch changes that. I think that you know that was a once in a lifetime kind of thing, and I think that Okami's going to impose his will in this fight. Mm. And you know they fought once before. Yeah, this was a while ago, yeah? Yeah, yeah, a long time ago. 
Um, Very different fighter Alan Belcher is. So, you know, I don't, I don't think you could really... I, I wonder, when you talk to them, I wonder if they'll they'll look back on that. But Okami did win. And, whoa. My, my little pack thing here just fell. But yeah, Okami did win. But that, when was that? I'm looking at his record now. UFC 62, that was in 2006. So six years ago. A lot has changed for both guys since then. Belcher coming off that huge win, you know, a lot of people forgot about that. He was supposed to fight Vitor Belfort, had the back injury, so I'm curious to see how he looks as well. Now, you're picking one more, or you're only going with the three there? Uh, I could pick a few more. I'll do them quick, maybe. Okay, yeah. Um, Philippou and Boach. Yeah, uh, that's an interesting one. You, this one, I think you might be surprised by this. Philippou opened as an underdog um, at plus 105. No, I think that's accurate. He's currently minus 160, the oh. favorite. Oh, really? Uh, the line opened this morning, and the action immediately came in on Philippou. Um, so he's the favorite at minus 160. Boach is the underdog at plus 130. How quickly can that change? Assu- uh, it, could cha- it all changes the, the pace based on how quickly the people get their bets in when the line opens. So if, they, if the people see Philippou at plus uh, 105, and they think that that's a great line, and they get their money in real quick, the line can change immediately. Wow. So you think people are placing bets from now? Oh, yeah. Yeah? This, these, if I refresh my page, these lines could be completely different. Wow. Um, hopefully, so, they're listening to me. and Right. So, Philip who's the favorite. Philip who's the favorite. Wow. And which is, I remember when we had him on the show, he was talking about being an underdog. And I was saying that as an underdog, he's a great pick. I like Philip who in this fight. And apparently, the people agree with me. Um, I like Philip who in this fight. I'm not sure if he climbs you know, to a bit of a higher favorite that I'd still like him. But at minus 160, I think that he's still... Um, the choice here but if this climbs to like maybe two to one i think that's a little too far boach has shown that he's he's pretty good at 185 um and i don't know if you know philip who's had a level of competition that matches what boach has had worth uh being that big of a favorite but at minus 160 i still like philip here and then what about uh, one of our best interviews of the year the crippler he returns chris liebman after his suspension against carlos vemela this is a very interesting one i really don't know um, who I'm going to go with. So let me think about it for half a second. <laughs> was this the last one you wanted to do? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to go with Vemela as the underdog at plus 125, mostly because Lieben's had so much time off that I really, I really can't know what to predict coming in. And oftentimes when that happens, I like to go with the underdog just because, um, you know, the guy could have ring rust, the guy, there's so many different factors against Lieben that I think that the underdog is the better play here. And and Vemela's um, been up and down, especially, you know, he's changed weight classes, but his fights have been up and down. He's either, you know, completely ragdoll guy, ragdolled guy just with his uh, wrestling and his, you know, impressive uh, stature, or he's been, you know, outboxed or, or outgrappled um, technically. He's kind of one of those, like, big, brutish, raw um, fighters. And I think that against Lieben, that might be, you know, uh, something to... To, to his benefit, because Lieben's going to get into that kind of fight, too. Now, oftentimes when somebody gets into that type of fight with Lieben, he ends up knocking them out because he can go zombie mode and just absorb that punishment and dish it right back. But I think that Vemela might um, take it to the ground, a little grounded pound, so I'm picking Vemela in this one. Um, but I think that it's it's a close fight. More hate for New York Rick on, uh, on the Twitter here. Someone says, tell Rick sports betting 101. That you never bet against a champion when the line is so close to even money. True story. This fight is not going to decision. Well, he's talking about the yeah the main event. Yeah, it's not going yeah. to decision. So that doesn't really matter. Um, uh, it takes a massive money swing to even change a line by 5%, he says. 
Okay. <laughs> I don't know. You know. There's a lot of haters out there. What can I say? You got. I'm trying to toughen uh, your skin c- here. No, sure. Uh, the first one, the, the Cain Velasquez and Junior Dos Santos is not going to decision. Uh, the reason he's saying that in a close fight, they're going to give it to the champion, um, which is not even true, by the way. I mean, Frankie Edgar lost his title on a close fight very recently, and it's sure. happened many times in the past. Um, but that's not going to happen in this fight anyway. That fight's ending before five rounds. Uh, the other thing is, sure, um, it takes a lot of money to change the line. But we okay. don't. Yeah, we don't. We don't. We don't know what's coming through, so it's hard to really say. Good, good point, sir. It is. Uh, it is a good card, despite the injuries. You you got the 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 rundown there for Rick's picks. FX prelims: Brad Pickett versus Eddie Wineland, Eric Perez versus Byron Bloodworth, uh, Michael Johnson coming off a big knockout win over Danny Castillo against Miles Fury, Jury Leonard Garcia versus Cody McKenzie, and how about the Facebook prelims? Maybe the best two Facebook prelim fights in recent memory: Phil DeFries versus the returning Duffman Todd Duffy on Facebook, on Facebook, and then uh, a fight that could very well determine maybe the number one or two contender at 125: Chris Carriasso against John Moraga. That is a great flyweight fight so that's your 155 card it's december 29th right before new year's right after christmas always fun to have that year end ufc show and then new year's eve dream glory they have their big uh collaboration at the saitama super arena in saitama japan those were rick's picks Follow them. Follow him on Twitter, twitter.com slash New York Rick. Let's finally take some questions here, some comments, and then we will say bye-bye for the year. We ready? Yeah. Okay, the first couple come from uh, the website. Okay, great. They come from the post. I like, uh, by the way, thank you very much to everyone. I know everyone's leaving questions. I really appreciate it. I uh, love that people are, are, are being interactive on the website. All right. Kim Winslow was the referee for the heavyweight bout between Roy Nelson and Matt Mitrione. Do you think it's safe to allow her or smaller referees to ref a heavyweight fight? I was concerned for their safety. I mentioned this on Twitter during the fight. Uh, someone was saying, oh, why? Just because she's a girl, she uh, isn't good enough or able to ref this fight. A, I was referring to her size, but more importantly, I was referring to the fact that I don't think she's a good referee. It baffles my mind that Nevada the quote-unquote fight capital of the world, can continue to hire and, and, and assign two of the most controversial referees, and I'm being kind, Steve Mazzagatti and Kim Winslow. I do not think they're good referees. I don't have as big of an issue with Mazzagatti as Dana does. I think there are other guys that are way worse than he is. I don't think he... But it's just amazing to me that he continues to make mistakes. And I do think that part of the problem is, truthfully, Dana criticizes him a lot. And that, how does that not affect you? You know, you, he's right there watching you. You feel it. How does that not affect you? Richie gets kicked below the equator. Nothing happens. Winslow, I mean, I've never seen anything to make me feel like, okay, out of her, to make me feel like, okay, we've got the best person possible in there. And that should be, at the end of the day, that should be what you're striving towards, right? You need the best person possible in the cage to ensure the safety of the fighters and to make sure the fight is stopped when it needs to be stopped. And I just don't get that feeling out of them. I I get a lot of hesitation, a lot of uncertainty. I just don't get that presence that there's a referee here like Big John McCarthy or Herb Dean that knows what he's doing. And that's that's not just on them. That's a big issue. Yes, they've had their moments, but I don't know. I just don't feel like, I, I really truly don't feel like they are the best ones for the job, and it surprises me that Nevada continues to hire them, and maybe they're doing things behind the scenes to make them better, but I don't know. Anyway, 
What were you trying to say to me, Buzzkill? Were you, t- were you telling me to wrap up? Is that what you were saying? Buzzkill. Was it Rick saying? Our next question. Okay. Sorry. I get very. This is a very important subject, and I will not stop talking about it until our voices are heard. Okay, here we go. Are you getting sicker as the yes. show goes on? Well, I, I just want to see if I could collapse here on the show. <laughs> okay. Uh, should Herb Dean have stopped the Mitrio Nelson fight momentarily to give Matt his mouth guard? There were plenty of chances, or is it on the fighter to make the effort? Also, aren't mouth guards nowadays shock absorbent and supposed to help with concussions and being knocked out? So it would have been best if Matt had this. Well, I asked Roy about that. I mean, he dismissed it. I thought that you know, Herb should have stopped it if there was an opportunity. But the thing is, I mean, in the flow of the fight, need to watch the tape again, but in the flow of the fight, I mean, if you're Roy, you'd be pissed if, if you stopped the fight. You caused that to happen, and that's part of the game. So I'm curious to know what happened. I think it was delaying the inevitable if you're going to complain that, you know, he wouldn't have got knocked out. But, yeah, in a situation like that, if the, if the, mouthpiece, the, mouthpiece, if the mouthpiece is out, I really do believe that if there's an opportunity, you should go in there and stop the fight and, and, and give the fighter his mouthpiece. Quick hitter. If Lieben beats Vemela, would Lieben versus Lombard make sense? Versus Lombard make sense? Not really. Uh, I think Lombard should fight someone higher. You know, names like Weidman come to mind. Luke Rockhold come to mind. Alan Belcher come to mind. Uh, I think Lieben needs to win a couple in a row before he gets into that discussion. It's a bit of a lengthy one. After McDonald's impressive win over the Prodigy, he looked amazing in that fight, in my opinion. Could he be rising through the division too quickly? He's scheduled to fight Condit on the same card as GSP versus Diaz. A great card, by the way. Top five welterweights in three fights. If he wins impressively, he can only be one fight at the most away from the title shot. Maybe another Jones-Evans situation unfolding. Well, yeah, I mean, I've been talking about this for a while, and I don't think he's being moved up the ladder too quickly. I mean, he almost beat Carlos Condit in his second UFC fight in his home province of British Columbia. You have to move him along. He's beating guys in very impressive fashion, and they'll deal with that situation when it comes. Remember, there's still Johnny Hendricks out there. There's still the Anderson Silva fight out there. And he says he wants to fight at middleweight. So I have no problem with the way they're pushing him. And by the way, I saw a comment here. Someone said that they wanted you and I, if they won the question, to sign it. Can you imagine? Someone asking for your signature. How far you've come. But uh, I don't know if that was him, and I don't know if he's going to win it. But I thought that was cool. There he is. Yeah. Nath Ryans. We love you. I'd be glad to sign anything. (laughs) Uh, What else we got? Next question is about the Korean zombie. Oh, yeah. When is the Korean zombie, the long-last Korean Diaz brother, coming back, and who does he get next after three straight wins? The last two wins being Poirier and Hominick. He's definitely flying under the radar. What I said on Saturday night about the Korean zombie, he had uh, shoulder surgery, which forced him out of the Macau card. I thought that... What I said was, basically, the, the Jose Aldo-Frankie Edgar fight is happening on February 2nd. At this point, he's almost there. I think he should be the number one contender. Featherweight is very interesting all of a sudden. But you've got the Lamas versus Coke fight happening. you got Poirier, who just looked good. He beat him, of course. I think that TKZ should fight the winner of Edgar Aldo. I mean, we're just a month away, essentially, from that fight, a month and a half. Have him fight the winner of that fight. It, it works out perfectly, in my opinion. So that's what I would do. Lamas Coke, maybe have him fight the winner of, uh, or maybe even have him fight Poirier. 
And uh, there's a, there's a lot of interesting guys. I mean, Chad Mendez looked fantastic on on uh, on Friday night, picking up a big knockout win. So featherweight's very interesting all of a sudden. But that's what I would do with with the Korean Zombie. This is our last one from the uh, the comment section. The Ultimate Fighter, I'm sorry, the Ultimate Fighter finale fight was atrocious, atrocious to watch for me. That said, I understand that it was Ricci's job to get out of that position. While laying on someone the entire fight, doing no damage is still considered a dominant position. Do you think it should be the referee's job to identify when a fighter is just laying on top, doing no damage, or is it ultimately up to the fighter on the bottom to get out of that position, no matter what the circumstances are? Well, Wuku, um, of course that's that's the ref's job. I mean, if they're not doing anything, yeah, you you got to send them up. But I hate, just because it's not exciting, it doesn't mean he's not doing anything. And that's a problem in MMA these days. There are guys who are working towards things, and if you're not well-versed in the sport, particularly what's happening on the ground, you may stand a guy up who's working towards something. It doesn't happen in a second. Not everyone passes guard in a split second. You know, these things take time. It's a fight. It's two very strong and athletic men going at it on the ground. So I hate when guys pull the trigger, referees, so guys or girls pull the trigger too quickly. Um, if, if, if I were a referee, you have to recognize what's happening. You have to recognize the, the scenarios that could be played out here. Just saw something very weird there. And, uh, and if they're not doing anything of note, and if they're not building towards something, yeah, you stand them up. But for the most part, you know, they need to hold back on that as opposed to doing that too quickly. And that's, that's you know, I had no problem with what Colton Smith was doing. He was beating him up. He was smothering him. He was doing work on the ground. I agree completely. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he wasn't working for yeah. a submission. Ricci's preventing him from doing that. If, That's the game. I if mean, Ricci made it easy for him and let him tap him out, then... There are often times where guys are just there, head on chest, not doing anything. And that, I think, is a little weird. Colton Smith wasn't doing that. It may not have been exciting, but it was effective, and he was working. Here are our Twitter questions. All right, here we go. After such a great weekend of fights with both tough finales on the main card and Oof. undercards, who stole the show? Who stole the show? Well, there's the great Hobbylov, right? He had a fantastic performance on the undercard of Saturday night's uh, tough 16 finale. A lot of people high on him. I mean, Nelson looked fantastic. Poria, I, I don't know if there was one. Lombard looked great. Mendez looked great. Pearson looked great. Um,. I can't say one guy stole the show. Do you think one guy stole the show? There were so many good yeah. fights and so many good finishes that I think that there's nobody who stood head and shoulder head and shoulders above the rest, yeah. and not because there weren't impressive performances. There were just so many. There were so many. This was a fantastic weekend for the UFC. Bellator, on the other hand, not a good weekend. Um, we may get to that with uh, Marcin Held not being allowed to fight. Uh, because he was underage. That is a very bizarre, and I don't understand how that happened. But for the UFC, I don't think one guy stole the show. All those guys I mentioned stole the show. As great as Barry's KO was, should... Say this for me. Well, it's it's Habilov. Habilov? Habilov, but the, people were calling him Habilov. And did you see his Twitter handle? His Twitter handle his, was that like... That stole the show. Yeah, that's, that did steal the show. It was like 8927. It was like his phone number. It was amazing. And then they changed it. So did eight nine blah blah blah? Yeah. Frankly, did yeah. his frankly terrifying suplex should that have won KO of the night? I mean, yeah, you can make a case. There were a lot of good, you know, performances. A lot of people. I mean, 
after Darren Crookshank didn't get KO the night, how could we really complain about that? They hook guys up. You know, Barry did it maybe against tougher competition, whatever. But yeah, you could. It was amazing. He, that reminded me of Rory and Nate at 129, and he knocked them out doing it. So it was even more impressive. Unbelievable debut for the hobby man. Where does Roy Nelson go from here? Two fight win streak, mm. but not against guys that would put him in title contention. That's a good question. You know, it, it, the biggest thing I took away from the the Nelson win was Fabricio Verdum is really a lot better than we think he is. He beat up Roy Nelson, and yes, Nelson didn't go down, but Fabrizio Verdum's win in February was really damn impressive. Um, and it's almost unfortunate that he's going to be out for a year. They need him on tough for Brazil, you know, big nog and whatnot. He's fighting in June, but uh, wow, Fabrizio Verdum. Anyway, Roy Nelson, I think the Cormier fight makes sense, but apparently Cormier wants Mir, and that makes sense. I think Pat Barry makes sense. Uh, that would be a very fun fight. It seems like Roy may think that he's a little bit above um, Mr. Barry. Those are the names. Czech Congo still out there who often, you know, produces great fights. So those were the three names that came to mind. And there's also the wild card out there who I also think would be interesting if you want. Um, Josh Barnett. You know, if Josh Barnett wins on January 12th, I think he would be interesting for, for Roy Nelson. Am I missing anyone? I don't know what to do with Roy, honestly. Yeah, he fought Stefan Struve. Brown is out for a while. Um, I just, yeah. I'm just looking here at my top 10 that I gave to Fuel. Uh, there's Big Nog. He's booked. Antonio Silva's fighting. Um, Alistair Overeem. Struve is fighting. Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt would be fun as well. But I think those guys that I mentioned make the most sense. Moving on to the next question. What do you think of Varner's team accusing Melvin of greasing right before their fight is canceled? I mean, I'd like to hear that from Varner. Melvin said it. Um, so I, I, I don't want to go into that too much because Melvin said it. What a funny interview that was with Heidi Andrell, who I thought did a great job um, on the Fuel broadcast, where she, she asked him if he ever wanted to fight uh, Varner again. He said no, and then she said, well, Dana White, courtesy of our own Ariel Hawani, might I add, uh, is saying you will fight at 155. He's like, all right, cool. No problem. That didn't take too long. But yeah, I'd like to speak to Jamie about that um, and see if there was any validity to that claim. Jamie couldn't come on the show. He said he was too sick. We will see him in two weeks. So I think that's the best time to address that. I thought Mitrione looked pretty good before the KO. In good shape, too. Thoughts? He did look to be in good shape. Remember, he hadn't fought in what? 14 or so months. I, I was still surprised that he just stood toe-to-toe with Roy. That's, I mean, Roy wants that. Great chin, great boxing. That's his game. And I thought maybe he'd try to clinch, maybe try to make it a little dirty. Excuse me, especially after he was rocked. But maybe it was too late. So I, I still believe that wasn't the best matchup for Matt. I think Matt was put in a very tough spot. He turned down the Cormier fight. Yes, he stepped up. But who knows how that went. And, uh, you know, he needed a big fight. He needed to be on the big stage. Couldn't turn down another fight. But, yes, he did step up first. I think the Phil DeFries fight would have made more sense for him to ease his way back into the UFC. But he took the fight. Kudos to him. And I think we'll see him back. I think he just needs to work his way back up and obviously be more active. It's been a very rough stretch for him. What do you think of a Poirier versus Mendez next? I love this. It would be a fascinating matchup. I love this fight. This is a great fight. Both guys lost, you know, Mendez lost the title fight. Poirier 
what we sort of were billing as a number one contender for. I love this. Do you like this? I think it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. It absolutely does. It makes perfect sense. Um, I wonder what you do with Eric Koch versus Ricardo Lamas, uh, the winner of that fight. But let's not worry about that. They just fought at around the same time. Love it. Why give the tough winner a motorbike if their contracts <laughs> won't allow them to ride one? I saw this a lot on Twitter yeah. this weekend. And how about Colton Smith did not seem all that into the motorcycle? Uh, that is a very good question. The, why, you want to know? Well, Harley-Davidson is a sponsor. That's why. So, yeah. There, I mean, what more can you say about that? It is a very awkward thing to do after you were scolding someone for riding a motorcycle. But they are a sponsor, and and that's the way it goes. Sponsors, dollar dollar bills. BJ Penn exploded back onto the scene as a tough coach and fighting at lightweight. Mm. 2013 return as a tough coach and lightweight, question mark? Well, I would love to see him as a lightweight in 2013. No tough coach for me. Um, If he's back, I want to see him back. I want to see him fighting. I still believe that there's some tweaking to be had with tough. Let's see what happens on January 22nd with uh, the 17th season. But... um, I still am not sold that you need the coaches anymore, truthfully. A lot of these guys getting injured. I mean, you're, you're keeping them on, on ice for so long. Look at Verdum and Nog. Comeback season, baby. That's what I'm talking about. Joseph Benavidez tweeted about it. We're, we're finally gaining some momentum. I'd love to see a comeback season with some guest coaches, but I don't think you need to have just a coach. Two coaches fight. I, I think that's been there, done that. Strange matchmaking for Hendricks, giving him Ellenberger, who was just knocked out by the guy Hendricks just knocked out. Do you agree? Well, yeah, but what else are you going to do? Ellenberger's coming off a win, and what else are you going to do? It's happened before. Who else is out there? Can you think of anyone for Hendricks to fight? I can't just because Hendricks deserves the title shot. There's nobody who. There's nobody else who is worthy of fighting Hendricks, honestly. That's true, uh, but you're not going to give him Rory. Because he's fighting Condon, I think that fight makes a lot of sense. Um, GSP fighting Diaz, I mean, Diaz would have made sense. You, you can you can kind of mix those six guys up, and you can get you know three new matchups, fresh matchups. But of the guys out there, I just I don't know. I mean, Ellenberger's still in the top ten. A lot of people have him, you know, top eight, whatever. Um, he beat Kostrick already. He beat Fitch already. Diego's going down to one fifty five. Who's out there? No one. So you got to go with Hendricks. Excuse me, you got to go with Ellenberger. Dear Ariel Helwani and New York Rick, Mm. what UFC fighter will have the biggest year in 2013? Off the top of my head, I could think of a few. I think Roy is going to have a huge year. You got to think of the guys who are going to fight early and then be be very active. Um, I think Roy comes to mind. Depending on when he comes back, I think Weidman can have a big year. This is a big year for Bisping. I think he will get his title shot. Under the radar, a lot of guys. Gunnar Nelson comes to mind. I'm really high on him. He's fighting in February. Um, Maybe Michael Mayday McDonald, who's also fighting on that card. Those are a few guys that come to mind. How about you? Daniel Cormier. Ah, that is a good one. That is a very good one. Yeah. Yeah. Just just saying. Yeah. Daniel Cormier. That is a good one. All right. You top me. This is our last one. Wow. Who got that pick of me from this morning in my bathroom? <laughs> what odds does Rick's picks 
give when this beast steps into the cage? You see, I didn't go tanning that day, so I'm a little pale. Um, who is that, by the way? Who do you think that really is? I think that's Chael. No, I no, see a tat on the shoulder. And also, it's Edgar Maynard. Oh, is that? Oh, you know who that is? That's Brian Stan. That's when he fought Chris Lieben at 125. Bang! That's Brian Stan. If you're listening to this only, someone put, uh, my good friend Alizo put my face on top of what I think is Brian Stan's. That's his tattoo, right? Could be. Yeah. It's really a bad angle to or see. Or is it Frankie Edgar? That's no, not no, a Frankie no, no, no. That's, not, that's not Frankie. Yeah, that's not Frankie. Uh, listen, uh, yeah, well, you answer the question. It's for you. It's not for me. Well, it depends on who you're up against. I mean, hmm. if I'm playing a fantasy matchmaker... Who would you like to see me, uh, you know? I mean, I wouldn't put myself in there because, let's be honest, like, I'll take you out too quickly. No, but so, as far as, like, active UFC fighters, who do you think I would match up wait, well wait, with? Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, I'm being I'm serious. Uh, you, active UFC this fighters. This guy, this guy, who would I match up well against? Oh, oh boy. Um, that I can't do that because no? as soon as one of those guys comes on the show, you're going to tell him that I, I said Ariel Hawani would beat Just them do up. It. I mean, look, Ariani seems very impressed with what I'm bringing to the table. Shandella, not so impressed. Um, Did you get Shandella taken out because of uh, her her lack of enthusiasm for your pose? No. Well, you almost went down a really bad path there. Um, I'm just talking about you look at this guy right here, what he brings to the table. Who are you thinking? I'm a, what am I, a 185-er? If, if we're assuming that's a... Well, no, you're assuming that's me. Well, I know you cut down from like... That's true. 205. That's true. Um, how about you face uh, Brian Stan? We see what wow. happens. You want me to go another, in there? All of another sudden... commentator? Um, you, could, you guys could have like a... Yeah. A, a, col- a color analyst off. But like Vanderlei Silva, I'm going to get booed in that fight. I mean, there's no way. Unless it's it's, it's it's in Montreal. I don't know. I think you might be the favorite That's in that true. one. You know, wear the, the Helwani Nose shirts. You coming know, soon. Be, yeah, coming soon. February, baby. By the way, speaking of Helwani Nose, February, first week of February, that's what I'm told. They will be out and fresh, and you will love them. All right, so that's it. Uh, who do we got? Who are we giving out these prizes to? A lot of options. You yeah. pick. I can't think at this point. Um, it's 440 for God's sake. <laughs> We've been doing this for almost four hours. Can you pick already? Man, I don't know. Korean. I like the question about oh. the Korean zombie from the comment section. Got, 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 um, got to give love to the Mendez Poirier. I love fantasy matchmaking. So let's give it. Let's give tops cards to that guy. Okay. Mendez Poirier fight. I loved it and. How about the one about, well, are, are we giving prizes to the comment section? I think we might have to stick to Twitter on this okay, one. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Next year we'll figure it out. Uh, your fir- uh, How about the breakout star? Cormier. That's a, that's a good one. It gave me a chance to, yeah. to drop Cormier. And it's a heavyweight, Alistair Overeem. Yeah. Bang. Right? Perfect. All right. They win the round five, Alistair Overeem. Courtesy of round five, Alistair Overeem, Pride Edition, and uh, quickly tell the people what they got here with the tops cards. You have that? Yeah. Now, everyone just saw your email. Or maybe we're not on this shot. Looks like you're doing some other chatting there. Ariel, we're All not right. on that email. Oh, okay. <laughs> you got to stop calling out to every single right. thing. Well, you know, very. <laughs> um, okay, so the, the winner gets the 2013 UFC Bloodlines. Um, they're in stores already. 
And as I said last week, they celebrate the diversity of the UFC and Strike Force and its fighters in cards that specifically honor the various stars and their national heritages. Each mini box contains either an autograph card or a memorabilia card, and collectors can find an autograph and or memorabilia from such fighters as GSP, Anderson Silva, Ronda Rousey, Rory McDonald, Shogun Hua, and many more. Um, you can find more information about the Bloodlines and Tops at www.tops.com, facebook.com slash tops, or you can follow them on Twitter at Tops Cards. Other people saying that they want to see me against uh, Bob Sapp in our big rematch <laughs> in Nigeria. Uh, of course, there's Hollywood Helwani versus Rampage. That was, in fact, Brian Stan. Uh, thank you very much to the good people at Tops for hooking us up. Love the support. And finally, I just want to thank all of you. Again, I touched on this last week, but what a year it has been for us. We started off with a lot of uncertainty. If you recall, it feels like it was a long time ago, but we didn't even start the year off. I think our first show was like late January because we were still working hard to get this thing set up, everything back there set up. Uh, we had Isaac and New York Rick at the beginning. Buzzkill came in, closed the deal. Gave us that extra punch that we needed and, and really put the whole thing together. And we are way, way better off here than we ever were at our old home at AOL. They, they started it all. They gave us the opportunity. But we are, I feel like, a well-oiled machine here. And I think 2013 is going to be huge for, for this show. And, and this was by far professionally and personally for me best year of my life. And you guys, the listeners, the viewers, everyone who tweets, leaves comments – Everyone who supports MMAfighting.com and what we do here, uh, you are a huge part of that. So I can't thank you enough for all your support and all your appreciation that you give us on a, on a weekly and daily basis because it really helps make the show better and makes us strive to be better. So thank you so much for that. And uh, we really appreciate it. And that's why we gave you some extra time here so you can't bitch and complain that we're off for two weeks returning January 7th. Cut this show up. Listen to it. Enjoy it over the holidays. We hope that you have a great, great holiday season with your loved ones and you appreciate it and you have fun. You watch a little MMA and you appreciate their time and their love and everything that they bring to the table because this is a beautiful, beautiful world that we all live in. Isaac, you can hit my music, my friend, for one final time in 2012. What a year it has been from Chris Lieben to Henner Gracie to Prebeck to Rampage Dancing in Studio, to Lucky Patrick, Mayhem Miller, to Mike Tyson, to Sensei Seagal. I mean, the list goes on and on. There was a stretch there where we were just, it was like one big name after the next. Uh, we had our three-year anniversary, CM Punk was on. I mean, everyone who's anyone, it feels like, was on the show this year. Cain Velasquez, Junior Dos Santos, John Fitch, didn't get the Diaz brothers, but one day, one day, my friend, we will get them. Anyway, I want to thank everyone for stopping by, for tuning in, for all the love and support, not only today, but throughout the year. I want to thank in particular Roy Nelson. Thank you very much to him. Congratulations, Daniel Cormier, Pat Barry, Mike Pyle, Dwayne Ludwig, and our good man, Puya Prebeck, for coming in studio. A fantastic year in the world of mixed martial arts. Uh, one that, while there were injuries some transition uncertainty we still had amazing fights we still had great moments stars were born and i think what it really does is gets us all very excited for 2013 which if everyone stays healthy please god remain healthy with the strike force fighters coming over to the ufc with uh, bellator coming over to spike with some huge fights in the ufc coming up 
Dream returning, Invicta, all these uh, World Series fighting, all these promotions. We have a lot to talk about come 2013. Happy holidays. I love you all. Happy New Year. We will see you in 2013. Peace. I'm out of here.